Hey, thanks for clicking on the video. If you miss the live show, I do these Monday through Friday in the morning. And today's topic is console wars are pointless after the Sony PlayStation Showcase 2021 where they showed all kinds of great trailers. We got into a lot of debates that really stem from what I feel is an overstated brand loyalty. So if you weren't here for that live discussion, make sure you click subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss. We do a talk show in the mornings and we do gameplay in the afternoons. We'll be jumping into Tales of Arise this afternoon as a part of video game voting for Pass or Play Monday. Something that tier 2 paying members and above can take advantage of so for those of you that are here whenever we do these in the morning this is an SNTR update if you're watching this on the updates channel hit subscribe and the bell button if you like short little videos that are focused on gaming news and sometimes my opinion also be sure to smash that like button and in this video I want to talk about why I think console wars are pointless the Sony showcase really stirred up the waters again when we were covering it and talking about it I couldn't believe just how spicy the debate can get so I wanted to talk through the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox what does their upcoming lineup look like what you know what exactly are they're gonna what are they, what are they gonna be doing that really makes people feel so confident in their platforms in the wake of the showcase the debate surrounding how good the showcase was or how strong the PS5 lineup is it took on a very strong presence in the chat I believe that both platforms offer a lot of value and a lot of promise, but are in more ways than before, in my opinion. They're growing. There's a larger divergence here. They're becoming completely different in their approach and their values that they offer. First, the PlayStation 5. The lineup of the PS5 continues to be a slow burn, but even a slow burn can be incredibly hot. Returnal and Ratchet and Clank are strong offerings, and Ghost of Tsushima, Death Stranding, Spider-Man, and God of War are all sort of quasi PS5 games with the very nice updates that they've received. So the PlayStation 5 lineup right now is incredibly strong if you include those games that have gotten those updates. The lineup, when you pivot to looking at sort of the horizon, gets even stronger. Horizon Forbidden West, God of War Ragnarok, Spider-Man 2, Forspoken, and Wolverine are really big names and titles to have exclusive to the Sony platform. They're not just like popular games, they're big names, recognizable names. Anything with Marvel on it is a powerhouse. So slowly, the PS5 list is getting very, very, very strong. The value offering is stout and certainly a force to be reckoned with, especially considering the PS4 market saturation is just undeniable. The PlayStation 5 demand is incredibly high. That's how fast it has sold. So even if you aren't a Sony fan, you can see the Sony draw. But that's when we have to pivot to look at Xbox. Microsoft continues to focus on features and value over individual big titles. If you browse their current lineup or even the coming future, there aren't many big name titles or franchises landing exclusively on the platform. Halo Infinite and Forza are strong, but for now, it's a very thin list. However, with titles like Starfield as a brand new IP, and recently The Elder Scrolls 6 has been reported by Jeff Grubb to be an Xbox exclusive, the list could slowly grow in strength, even if not in large quantities. They could have some heavy hitters, even if the list isn't very long. The real value that Microsoft continues to focus on is features like FPS Boost, Game Pass, Smart Delivery, and xCloud. These are not big titles, but value points that hit consumers in different 
ways, making them competitive for different reasons depending on the user. There's a broad spectrum of gamers out there, and all these things that Microsoft offers, certain people enjoy them for different reasons. So I ask at the end here, why not both? Understandably, not everybody can afford both consoles or can even get their hands on one of the new ones even if they wanted to, but maximizing what you have access to by having both is obviously an option if you make it a priority. I know that's expensive. I know a lot of people have really, really got to pinch those pennies to even buy one console. These systems and games and their ecosystems coexisting and offering great titles, features, and value is great for gamers across a variety of spectrums. So the brand loyalty makes sense, but it's honestly not necessary. Play where you get the most value and praise good games or features regardless of where they land. Acting like the other side can't do anything impressive or worthy of praise is a wasted amount of energy and time. So, if you like these short update videos, hit subscribe and the bell button, and I'll see you in the next one. And you're in the live audience. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to another day of SNTR Gaming. We appreciate you guys so, so much, and we appreciate you being here and supporting the channel. We had a great stream on Friday. We had so much to talk about and cover and you know the, the, the turnout was just phenomenal so thank you for that get us our first 100 likes for the morning maybe jump in line get your questions or comments submitted on this topic and I actually am curious uh, which console do you prefer I'm actually curious the, the audience I think we're heavy Xbox here but I want to see throughout the day if we're slowly pulling in more and more people in that PlayStation audience. So we got a poll in chat now. Very simple one. Which console do you prefer? Xbox has announced a lot and some look really promising, but the names of some of their upcoming games are either new properties or big risks. That to me, right? That to me is really the issue that Microsoft is facing. They, Their struggle is that they don't have a big names they got names right they got names and good morning to everybody in discord i'm sorry once again i forgot to undeafen for the stream intro thank you so much for being here uh in the discord um where's the neither oh come on you 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 have a preference you have a preference even if you're on pc and and someone made you pick between the two no switch option i don't even think people consider switch in the in the in the discussion when we think about it you know what i mean I, I don't know. Really not liking Elder Scrolls 6 potentially being on the Xbox Series X. It really bums me out. I told people when they bought Bethesda, I was like, you know what they're setting their sights on. They're setting their sights on Elder Scrolls, you know? I think ecosystem is a good word to use. As far as investment is concerned, what ecosystem have you invested most of all your time in? This is where you will find a lot of the fans. I'm on Xbox. And that's exactly how they market it, right? Like, if you've done that over the years, it's really difficult for you to even consider switching right how how could you possibly switch all your games are there you know the game pass or or your or your achievements and 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 all of the things that tethers you to that platform it totally makes sense that you would say i i I, this is where i this is where i game this is where i play you know what i mean nintendo 64 right ps5 it's more technically impressive better games bigger player base i'm a pc player by the way well and the thing is is that 
Sony has dominated the last generation, but the next, I think, the next battle that's actually happening, you're not really going to see it until it makes sense. It's going to take like five or ten years. Then you'll understand what Microsoft has achieved. You're like, oh, now it makes sense. Matty Jarvis coming in with a tip. I grew up playing PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2, but my friends got an Xbox 360, so I bought one simply to play where my friends are. A lot of people, that was what drove the decision early on, and and in some cases, that's what continues to drive the decision. You're going to go where your buds are. And to be fair, PlayStation doesn't really focus on the multiplayer titles. I mean, they do. They do, because they have, you know, the, the exclusivity in the early stuff with Call of Duty, but they don't. They, their first-party titles are usually really, really amazing single-player games. That's usually where they where they focus. Yeah, Deathloop. We'll be checking out Deathloop tomorrow. If you have a PC and a PS5, there's no reason to buy an Xbox. That that's one of the things that I think people are missing in the in the equation. And I just hinted at that when I said in like five years, I think people are going to understand what Microsoft was doing. The fact that you can become a Microsoft consumer of their ecosystem, of their platform, Game Pass and all of that, and you can do it on your PC, that opens up a massive door for them to market to an audience that doesn't, doesn't, a lot of those people don't touch PlayStation. Like, a lot of PC users are like, I don't need a console. I, I lo-. Now, you're seeing some of these games hitting the PlayStation, you might think differently, but still, a lot of PC gamers are like, why would I need a console? I can play most everything on my, uh, on my PC. I like both, but it sucks that certain exclusives only being on one console. I've mainly played on PS4, and there are some games I have the Xbox one also, but I spent more money on the PlayStation. Right. I own all platforms, says Phoenix Storm. Xbox One, PS4, and PC. Not all games are on PC from the original Xbox. Right. That is true. It is. It, it, its reach is still somewhat limited, right? If you have a high-end PC, sure. Not a lot of people have a PC with better specs than an Xbox Series X. Now, if the Xbox Series X becomes more uh, more available and more accessible, Paul, that's exact. That's actually a very good point to make. That, like, look, if you're wanting to play these Xbox games, yeah, you don't got to buy a high end PC. You just buy an Xbox Series X. The load time's great. They're doing FPS boosts on a bunch of old titles. You know, you got you got Starfield. You got Halo Infinite. I was a Nintendo guy for the longest time. My first console I bought was a 360 and a PlayStation 3. I gravitated toward the 360. Yeah, who's voting for Stadia? Also, the PlayStation Plus needs to have a lot of good games, but Xbox One doesn't. Oh, wait, you're saying it tends to have a lot of good games. PlayStation Plus seems to offer a smaller offering, so maybe they focus more on quality. Game Pass, I went through there the other day and couldn't believe how long the list was. It was like every battlefield was in there. It's like you have to scroll through, you know, multiple iterations of one franchise that is that is on that is on Game Pass. I have a PC and a PlayStation, so I got everything covered, right? For the most part, yeah. If you have a good PC and a PlayStation, that's all you really need. The majority of the big PS exclusives are single-player games, says Chris. While I'd love to play Spider-Man, it's not enough to get me to get a PlayStation. I've never been a huge single-player guy. And that's exactly why I said, like, go where you think the value is, right? Go, go where the value is. Don't, don't feel this need to, like, 
yuck someone's yum and be like, oh, the other platform's terrible. It's like, well, it just doesn't gravitate toward you. You're going to actually try and claim, you're going to try and tell me the PS5 is not an amazing machine with amazing games, right? Oh, sorry, I didn't do the lockdown end. Thank you, Milky. Morning, sir. What's good feed? I see you in the chat. I have both a PlayStation 5 and an Xbox Series X, but mainly play on PS5. I gravitate to the PS5 mainly because of the titles right now. There's more reason to boot it up. I don't have a lot of reason to boot up the Xbox. But when do I boot up my Xbox? In the evenings when I'm playing Overcooked with my wife. Why? I just, I have more controllers. I, I, that's how I think about my Xbox. I think about it like a multiplayer platform in my mind. Like, that's just, that's where I go to play a multiplayer game. You know, we'll, we'll probably get the, the Tiny Tina's game on there and play together actually we'll probably try and figure out how to play that on two different systems like move, a, move I'll have to move another rig out to the living room since I'm using the rig that was out there and uh, so we can each play on our own television like we did we were playing through Borderlands 3 and we get to the one city and I was going through the same frustrations as last time and I was like yep I'm done I was like I, I don't I just I still don't like this game Sony have always made superior products, so PlayStation is a logical choice for me. When I consider the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, I don't see a world of difference in there and one being superior over another, you know? I just, I don't know. I I feel like they're both really, really good. I, 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 I like my Xbox Series X, and I'll be excited to play Starfield on it, and and Elder Scrolls 6 and uh, you know and Halo Halo Infinite. I mean, I don't know. I may play it on the Xbox Series X instead of my PC. I I think I will. I I, I don't know. I have a, a feeling it'll probably run better there, you know. When I look at them, I think yeah, I'm getting a PC says Butters. Christina says I have all the platforms, but I've always enjoyed my Xbox more than a PlayStation 4. See, usually I think this is this is this is what I think happens when people gravitate toward one or the other, there are reasons that they are aware of. Maybe they don't state them. And the problem is, is that they think that their reasons make it superior. Does that make sense? Like, if there are two different grocery stores for you to go shop at, and this one has more organic vegetable offerings, and that's really important to you, you're going to go there. That, that doesn't make that grocery store superior. They just have what you value, right? I may go to the other place because I'm like, no, they have a better bakery and a better butcher. I'm going over here. We, we have completely different value systems that have dictated where we go. And it doesn't like, you don't get to like retroactively be like, well, because I value this, that makes this platform better. Right? Because I value... Maybe you really value Game Pass and xCloud and multiplayer games, and you don't really value single-player games. Well, that doesn't make the PlayStation platform inferior. It's just it's like, it's, it's not for you. That's not your grocery store. They don't have what you like to eat. They don't have what you enjoy. For me, it was the UI. I will say, Sony's UI has gotten better, Christina. I could not stand... Whenever I had to do anything on my PlayStation 4, I was like, this is the worst UI I've ever interacted with. This is awful. Like, what are you doing? What is this? It was... Oh, 
it has gotten quite a bit better. Xbox's UI is, I think, the best it's ever been. They went through a couple iterations there that I was like, "What are y'all doing?" I really like, I really like the Xbox UI now. I think it's, I think it's very well done. I, I would, I actually prefer the Xbox UI over the PlayStation UI even now. Even, but the PlayStation has gotten significantly better. It used to be atrocious. Like, everything is blue. It's like all the words are swimming in a sea of blue. It was hard to know like where. Where's my, where am I, where am I, what am I doing? They're, oh, and the audio, the audio codecs were terrible for party chat. I just saw that Naughty Dog is remastering Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy for PS5 and PC. I wish we had a launch date on that. I wish we had a launch date on that, because I really, really liked both of those games. And my biggest hang-up was FPS. That was my biggest hang-up, you know? I saw somebody use the coffee command. Guys, as a reminder, all the commands down in the corner support me. Um, And it's our first coffee order of the day. I wonder we reconnect right now. And we're back. Guys, slight little blip there. We bumped. We just switched ingest servers. I I don't know why that happens. Uh, It hasn't happened in a long time. I think it could be something where they cycle the ingest servers. It could be if you have a certain viewer threshold, maybe they want to put you on uh, a better ingest server. So, slight little blip there. That was not on my end. That is something that YouTube does periodically. When a game comes out, it gives you console... It gives the console more credibility. Also, the discussions and fan base give points on both ends. What has the better game? What has the better hardware? What has the better value? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that it it again it comes down to what you value. It doesn't actually make it better. <clears throat> it's better for you. It's better for you, but it doesn't make it better, right? The dark roast is so good. Yeah, if you guys um losing sound, you guys might have to refresh because we just had the blip will cause that. Like when we hop in just servers, you might have to refresh. It's not on my end. It's something that YouTube did. Um, if you guys are interested in the coffee, be sure to use the coffee command or go to RagelessRoast.com. The reason it's so popular and the reason people like it so much is of the, it's, it's got the balanced acidity. That's the main reason that people have really gravitated toward it. It does a cold, does a cold brew really well. I, you know, people like take, take it, they take it black. They use creamer. Uh, so when you order this, it's coming right from me. Like they literally ship it to my house. My wife and kiddos pack it up. You get little artwork from them. You're supporting me and my family. Uh, a lot of times people do one bag of light, one bag of dark, and they decide which is their favorite. And I actually have, um, we're trying, we're going to be doing a Rageous Roast Select in the new year. And I'm on the third sample right now. Samples one and two weren't that great. And the Frickmas blend will be available I don't know, in a month and a half or so. It's 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 still a ways out before we'll have that. You needed a new bag of dark roast. Thank you, McMuffin, for doing that. Coffee is good, both roasts can confirm. Thank you. I appreciate those testimonials in chat. Thank you very much for that. <clears throat> and if you're new and you haven't clicked subscribe yet, if you hit subscribe, it lets you talk in the chat. Monday through Friday, we're doing a talk show like this. It is safe for work. So a lot of people throw me on in the background like video game radio, and we appreciate the support of the channel. A lot of you came over from the main channel, the SNTR Presents channel, and that channel continues to get content. Hilly and I streamed over there on Friday night. 
We'd love to see a bigger turnout on Friday nights. A Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern is a good time for you. We also premiere gameplay over there every day. I've got uh, two maps, Team Deathmatch, the Call of Duty Vanguard beta. I've got that premiering over there today. And I need you all to tell everybody in the comments because I'm going to get a lot of crap. The first map does not go well for me. It's rough. And then the second map, map, I just have a great game. And I'm like, no one's going to make it to the second game. (laughs) No one's going to make it to the second game. Uh, Also, keep in mind, you can have your comments or questions featured right here on the bottom of the screen if you use the question command or the Q command. Uh, You do not have to be a paying member to utilize that, and it does not have to be a question. It can just be a comment on the subject that you'd like to see highlighted on the screen to drive the conversation. We all know that Xbox is better than PlayStation. I, right now, I don't know. Mo, I think I can make a much stronger case for PlayStation right now. I love both, right? I've been waiting for the Dark Roast, and it did not disappoint. Oh, thank you, Liz. I have both. I have both, Mo. And I think right now I can make a stronger case for the PlayStation 5, right? Right? I I think I can. Yeah, take the poll. We want to know, which do you prefer... I'm actually really encouraged that it's more split down the middle because I thought we had a larger Xbox audience, but I think more and more we're growing our PlayStation audience, and that's exciting because that's exciting because we, for a while there, we were like scared to talk about PlayStation topics because we were like, yeah, we'll, uh, (laughs) we're not going to, we're not going to get, we're not going to get a lot of traction, you know, because we, we built so much around Xbox for, you know, for a while. In the next 18 months, Xbox has more games coming. Mo, the point I made in my video, so many of those titles, I don't even know what they are. I've never heard of them. They're, they might be small indie offshoots. They might be small indie offshoots. Maybe they could be good big new IPs. We don't know. Sony's got, and I'm not saying that that means Sony is better. That's not the point that I'm making. It's harder for me to make the case for Xbox right now. Why? I don't know what any of those titles are. I've never heard of them. I don't. I don't know who's making them. They got this. They got this list of games, and I'm like, I don't even know what these games are. Right? I look at them and I think, I don't. I don't know. They could be amazing. But when I see God of War Ragnarok and Wolverine and Spider-Man Two and Forspoken, I'm like, and Horizon Forbidden West. Bethesda's not going to be enough, you know. Bethesda's not going to be enough to make the, to make the difference. I don't think. Project Eve's multi-plat official trailer is out now. PS5, Xbox, and PC cannot wait to play it. Quality over quantity. Right, like, a long list of games is great, but, like, I don't know. If it's just a bunch of indie titles that strike out, if it's a bunch of small titles that are scrappy and good, but maybe they're not commercially weighty. Do you understand? Like, they could be amazing, right? You are right. You are right. New IPs can be exciting and amazing. But... They're not weighty commercially. Does that make sense? I'm thinking commercially here. If you're, if I'm trying to make a case for Sony, if I'm, if I'm looking, guys, I am sorry. You might have to refresh again. It might cause the audio to jack up. I just got draw. I j- it just bumped me in just servers again. YouTube has got to be doing something. Um, we anticipated this with bringing some big guys over from uh from purple with bringing them over they may be doing stuff in the background that's just causing all kind of issues super big bummer because we're we're we were having a strong start so uh just refresh and then pick the quality that you like i promise you it's not on my end it is not (laughs) 
Uh, if audio is messing up, just refresh. Guys in chat, if you're still getting a good broadcast, let the guys in chat know to refresh. Um, yeah, I've never had that. I've never had ingest server drops that close together. Um, so, yeah, haven't seen any gameplay of Starfield. Can Bethesda even make a current gen game? Well, they know the trailer they showed was apparently that was in game. That's what it's going to look like. You know, that's fine if you say that, but every two years, it's just a dust collector for me to justify. I need to wait until they all come out before I can justify the 500. Right. No, 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 no. I I, I completely, I'm not going to sit here and say, Mo, that these new games are going to be great. Wolverine could be a dud. Now, it's unlikely because it's Insomniac, right? Spider-Man 2 could be could be disappointing it's unlikely because it's insomniac right it's like well, come on that's it's unlikely that those games aren't going to be amazing okay forspoken sure sure we don't know forspoken is a brand new ip we've never seen it before they have very high aspirations and we all know what high aspirations can do to a game like high aspirations can end up drowning a game you can get scope creep you can try to do too much right yeah, yeah, Wolverine is confirmed to have a mature rating, so that's already exciting. It's going to be grisly. So to me, to me, again, this is not me saying that the PlayStation 5 is better. I have an easier time making a case for the PlayStation 5 right now. Now, that could change, right? 100% that could change because Microsoft could have a year of just bam, bam, and they're just hitting it out of the park. All these new titles, right? All these new games, and in addition to that, they've got Game Pass, they have Smart Delivery, they have xCloud, they have all these great value points for the consumer, in addition to a great, you know, a great lineup. Commercially speaking, right, commercially speaking, Sony has a lot in their corner right now. The titles that they have in their corner are they're very strong. It's not about having a super long list. It's not about having tons of features. They just have a beefy lineup of big names. Only argument you can make for PlayStation is a couple of exclusive single-player games. Other than that, PlayStation is inferior hardware. All third parties are better off on Xbox. It's distorted, but it's so funny. Everybody always says that, and then the people say the same thing about the PlayStation 5. They're like, oh, it, it has better. it has better hardware. Right? The difference between the hardware of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 is so minimal. It's so minimal. I don't think you're ever going to see a a monumental or noticeable difference for... Where's the option for I hate both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Where is... Where, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't... I've not seen a single video come out that's like, oh yeah, the Xbox is blowing the PlayStation 5 out of the water. Right? It's not that minimal. Show me a video then. I've not seen them. Believe me, I go and watch them before I buy games to stream. And I don't see, I've not seen a single video that's like, oh yeah, the Series X is outperforming the PlayStation 5. I've not. I haven't seen a single one. I think there may, there may have been one or two games where the Series X maintained 60 a little bit stronger than the PlayStation 5, or like, I'm sorry, more consistently. But, like, you'll see a huge difference once they use all the systems. I, I will gladly, gladly celebrate Microsoft landing some insane-looking game 
on the Xbox. I will gladly celebrate that when the hardware in your mind is, as you're saying, when the hardware is fully utilized. Like, whoever's going to do that, I, I will gladly be like, hey, look at this, right? The difference, it's because you can't. The difference between the two is minuscule. That's what I'm saying. Like, what technical marvel are you pointing to that you think the Xbox Series X is 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 gonna is gonna absolutely blow blow Sony away? I don't know. What is it? What's the hard? What's the hardware they're gonna tap into? Can you pinpoint it? Because I've seen the breakdowns. I've seen the comparisons, and they're like they're 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 like the same. They're almost the same systems in, in many respects, as far as raw power. In third parties, it's literal percentage points of differences. That's what I mean. Like, if that's if if you're gonna claim that the Series X is is superior because one day you know Starfield's gonna launch and tap into the full power. Uh, well, what are they doing now? Like they run third-party games, and I don't, I don't see any difference. So what, what you know what I'm saying? If you had a my, if you had a PC right now that was worlds better than my PC, you would be able to point to performance differences. You'd be able to point to performance differences. You'd be able to say, yeah, right here. Look at how much better this game runs. Look at this. Look at this thing. Like, you know what I mean? PS5 handles data better. Yeah, I mean, I, there 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 are studies on that that are showing the PlayStation 5 is superior in that in that particular department. You can't even make that claim because every hardware review on the planet says they're on equal footing in most areas and each has an uh has an advantage on its own area. That's what I mean. Like that's why when you say that, I immediately stop and I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait. What's making you say that?" I've not seen a single report to indicate that the Series X is miles better than the PlayStation 5. I've not seen that. I've not seen it in the reverse. I've not seen a single report to show that the PlayStation 5 is superior. I haven't. On paper, it's better until they it's proven it's false. But the, but what do you mean? What do you mean it's proven false? How would you prove it false? What would what would prove it false to you? Like none of the games that are launching right now are landing on Series X with noticeable performance differences. None of them. So what would be the evidence that would make it clear that like no, it's not a, it's not that much stronger. I can say my PC can crush your PC console because it's a huge difference, but these consoles are close, so close, they're claiming that, um, so the, I'm sorry, these consoles are so close that claiming their worlds apart is devious uh, to outright malicious. I don't think it's, I don't think it's an accurate, I don't think it's an accurate claim. Hervey coming in with a membership. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You're dope and deserve dope stuff. If you're new, there's a variety of ways to support me. It's all down here in the corner. And in the corner, those chat commands you can use to buy my coffee, support the merch. I'm wearing a great Excite Bite shirt from 80s Tees. Be sure to use the shirt command. The displays in the back. We appreciate you guys supporting our sponsors or supporting me and my family directly by buying the coffee. That's amazing. Thank you very very much meaning it's false until xbox proves it's better oh i see what you're saying mo it's false until they prove it's better now i understand what you're saying i'm curious how they're going to prove it's better though because if you develop a game and you optimize it for the series x okay and then you play a game that is optimized for the ps5 how on earth could you claim either of those are proofs that like oh one system is better than another like 
go play Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Like, go play Returnal. Optimize. Go play Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. You can't really use those games as like an argument against the Xbox. Why? Well, they're made for that system. So if they make a game, like let's take Starfield as an example. They make Starfield. They optimize the frick out of it for the Xbox Series X. And it's beautiful. And it runs amazing. Okay. That doesn't prove anything. It just proves that they made a great game for a great console. That's all it proves. Like, I can't see how we're going to get to a point where we're like, there's a definitive game or a definitive thing to be like, yep, this proves that this system is better. I don't even think that's an equation with a solution, right? If I'm writing on a dry erase board right now in like some college class, I'm like, today class, we are going to solve the equation of which console is better. It, there, there's, I don't even know what we would feed the equation to solve it. How would we do it? I, you know what I mean? Like, how? Look at the specs for both. My point stands regardless. Your point doesn't stand. If there, if there is no tangible difference between game performance, you have made no point. You have made no point. If you set your PC next to mine, and you say, on paper, mine is so much stronger than yours. Mine is superior. And I'm like, okay. And we run benchmarks. And you don't outperform my rig? I'm like, proof is in the pudding, my friend. I don't think your PC is superior. The benchmarks say otherwise. The benchmarks say they're equal, right? You come out in your brand new track shoes and your really, really expensive Nike, like, workout outfit, and you're like, this is superior to what you're wearing. I'm like, okay. And then we get on the line and they, they shoot the gun in the air. We run and I dust you. The proof is in the pudding. Like, well, you know what I'm saying? I said more powerful. Which one is better is your opinion. Opinions don't matter much. Okay, in the realm of more powerful, if you put those two PCs side by side and you said, yeah, my PC is more powerful than yours. It's superior. Because you, you use the word superior. I, I would be like, okay, let's run some benchmarks. And we run the benchmarks and there's percentage points of difference between them, I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't see it. My argument was which has more, which was more powerful, not which one's better. But I don't, I've not seen a single, I've not seen a single benchmark, a video, a test anywhere that backs what you're saying. Like on paper, you can say, oh, it's got more of this or it's got more of that. But like, that doesn't matter in the, in the to the consumer. It doesn't matter to the consumer if they're performing almost identical. Performance-wise, they are similar, but one looks like trash and one doesn't. That's the difference. Oh, the physical shape of the console? That's what you buy based off of? <laughs> People acting like the GPU difference is an RTX 3090 versus a 750. It's a percentage point. I said superior hardware, which is true, factually. Superior hardware. What's what is what in it is superior? I'm actually not that well versed on every point of hardware in the devices distorted. What is it that makes the Series X what make what makes you claim that it has superior hardware? What is it? What what individual thing? Because there's been there, people have been looking at the data controller and the PlayStation Five and making similar claims. Let me put let me put a, a, a comment up on the screen here. This is what happens when you use the question command. Stutzo says, Console wars are mostly driven by exclusive titles. What's your opinion on cross-play, cross-platform 
becoming more standard in its effect on the console war. You're never going to see cross-play, cross-launch of first-party titles. You won't. What you will see are PC ports later on from Sony. Okay? You will see that. You'll see PC ports later on from Sony. But you will not see this. You're not going to see God of War on an Xbox. You're not going to see Halo on a PlayStation. Not going to happen. Now, cross-play, cross-platform is becoming more standard for third-party titles. Right? Third-party titles, that's becoming more standard. You launch Call of Duty, and you can get it anywhere, play anywhere, play with anyone. That's a third-party title, though. You see? And even in that realm... Sony is still getting love from, from, from Call of Duty. Still to this day, they get stuff early. They get it, they get it before everybody else, right? Even with cross-play, cross-platform, they get it early. Getting baited by teraflops is one of my favorite things ever. Right, like, does that make it superior or do they, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's like, is it like glass processing? Life is great with a $5 tip. My favorite game is Halo... Uh, which cons- guess which console I'm going to get whoever has the games that you like that's what you get that's right that's right did Distorted answer me like what's the what's the hardware actually okay he hasn't responded okay okay I'm, I'm genuinely curious because people make claims on both sides and I've never felt like I've seen a good argument on either side for like I remember people claiming the PlayStation 5 was superior and I was like I'm pretty sure they're almost identical Right now, certain games, sure, I'm gonna gravitate towards one platform or the other because of the, like it's probably optimized for this over here. Like No Man's Sky, I you know if I if I was picking between the two consoles, I'd be playing, I'd be playing No Man's Sky on my PlayStation Five. Why? Well, it was originally built in the Sony ecosystem and for Sony hardware, so I'm just gonna gravitate there. I, it doesn't mean I'm gonna get better performance. It doesn't. It's just my my it's my mindset on it. Xbox approached PlayStation for getting Halo on the PlayStation 4 and they denied it. Oh really? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't see I, I don't see that ever happening, right? Should I buy an RTX 2060 or same price full system? Easy call for me. Well, right. I mean that yeah. So for some people it's pure economics. It's pure economics. It's like this is cheaper. I'm not gonna buy a big expensive rig. Why would I do that? They use the argument more powerful, yet they couldn't give a detailed explanation of the components and what they do. Yeah, I would just, I want to know. I want to know what's the, what's the piece, what's the piece that they have that makes it, that makes it stronger. You know what I mean? You have that backward, James. James says, from what I've heard, the PlayStation has more teraflops, Xbox has a faster clock speed, or vice versa. Either way, the difference is minimal. Yeah, I think you, you reversed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There should be a neither option in the poll. I don't give you the option of neither. If you don't have a vote, then I don't want you voting. Does that make sense? <laughs> if you're like, I don't have a vote. I don't care about Xbox or PlayStation. Well, then it's the, 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 the poll's not for you today. You know what I mean? It would be like asking, what's your, what's your favorite um, show on Netflix? And you don't have Netflix. I'm like, well, there's no reason to give you that option. Like, I don't have Netflix. I don't. I'm not interested in that. I don't, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to calculate that. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'm 34. I love haptics. Also, perfect shape for my hand. 
You like it when you press a button to shoot and nothing happens? Oh, well, there's a difference between haptic feedback and haptic resistance. Like, the resistance that they use with the haptics. Like, haptic feedback can come in a variety of ways. I don't like the haptic resistance. I don't. When the, th- when the, when the triggers give me resistance. But I tell you what, when it's raining or I'm on a horse and the, and the vibration is specific to what's happening. Oh, yeah. I did respond. I didn't, I didn't see it. Have to look up the info for when you get a breaker off work. The difference is mind-blowing, but the Xbox is more powerful performance-wise, even if it's a small uh, amount. So if I'm playing third-party games, it's going to be on the Xbox. One Google search. Digital trends. Has a, has a breakdown. Okay. I can't... When I click on stuff like that, I, I, don't, I don't like clicking on stuff like that in the stream. You know what I mean? I don't. If I press a button I wanted to press... Yeah, I, did, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It, it, it. it threw me off. The first time I encountered it was in... Uh, oh, it isn't mind-blowing. Okay, okay. It isn't mind-blowing. Distorted saying it's not mind-blowing, but that the Xbox is stronger on paper, is what he's saying. <clears throat> I'll see if I can copy the list. Okay. They're all the same. They target 60 FPS. They're pretty much the same. The GPU power of the Xbox is slightly higher. Sony has a faster SSD. Xbox has a a tighter CPU clock rate. Sony has more loose CPU clock rate, which technically allows for higher CPU usage, but requires better optimization. Okay. I've always preferred controller vibration off. DualSense felt pretty cool on Astros, but ultimately didn't do much for me to leave it on. I there are times where I I like there are times where the vibration in a controller drives me crazy, but I've never turned it off. I've never turned it off because I just feel, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's 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 worth having on because you'll be playing that one game where they use it for something, you know. Compare above. Oh, I'm not gonna read a bunch of numbers. Yeah, I I don't. I appreciate it, Murph. I do. I appreciate the screenshots. I there. I I don't like, re- like three point eight and three point four. Oh, they're oh no, no, they're side by sides. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I thought I was gonna have to read both individually. Yeah. So the Series X CPU is slightly better with a three point eight as a, as opposed to a three point four. Um, they have identical memory, sixteen gig of GDDR six. Uh, memory bandwidth. I don't understand those terms. Storage, you get more storage on the Xbox, but you get a faster, I believe, the SSD. But it's saying that the Xbox is an NVMe. I thought the NVMe was faster. But it's, wait, no, it's the data controller that makes the PlayStation faster, isn't it? So even when you look at the tech specs, you might not be able, you might not come to the correct conclusion, right? We need a feed, I see you in the chat shirt. That's right. Heard it's a battery eater. Oh, it is. No, that is true. I do feel that my PlayStation 5 controllers, I feel like they're low battery like all the time. Yeah. Both are running NVMe. Yeah, I thought they were both NVMe. Oh, 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 it's on the next page. He took two screenshots. Okay, okay, I see it, I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See what I'm saying? It's like it's like these teeny little marginal differences. So how do you decide what, you know, what has more power? You know what I mean? The only thing I want from a PS5 is the hour-long clip. 
Xbox is pathetic. Three minutes. I did like that. I did something in Returnal, and I went to, like, record what had just happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can record way, way back. I thought that was pretty dope. I thought that was pretty dope. Um, I was checking to make sure. All right, all right. If you order coffee, sometimes you have to let me know in the YouTube chat, and then I can check the email. You're splitting hairs between them by comparing power? That's what I feel. It's like, well, this one has this, and this one has that, and this one has this, and this one has that. And I'm like, it's it, it honestly, have you ever done that when you're when you're shopping for a television? And you're you're looking you're looking at a a, a, Tosh, a Toshiba and a Samsung, and you're like, I, they're almost identical, you know. And then, well, this one has, and then well, this one, but but this one has, and it's like, but they're almost that they're like the same. It's it, you know, and then you just go with the one that you think looks the nicest. Which, when you're in the store, who knows? The default color settings on one could be slightly better, and it pops a little bit more. Then you pick that one, you know. And then you're going to turn around and you're going to try and tell people that the Toshiba that you picked is superior to Samsung, you know, but but no, you just, you picked it because it looked nicer. You know, you were in the store, you looked at it you saw a butterfly land on a flower and you're like, I want this TV in my house, you know, Samsung for the name. Yeah. Samsung kind of became one of the big dogs in the TV world. That is for sure. Every time I look and, and research it or, or look at the, the listing, Samsung is always, Always out there in front, man. Um, I don't know how that happened or when, because back when I was selling TVs at Best Buy, this is this is a lifetime ago. This is twenty years ago. Sony was was big because they had all those flat screens, and man, they were. I'm not talking about like a like a plasma. I'm talking about a flat screen. When they started selling tube televisions with a flat screen. There was so much glass in those televisions. They were so heavy. Oh my, oh my word. They were awful. And Sony, Sony was like everywhere. They had TVs on every aisle. Every kind of TV you could be looking for, Sony was there. You know what I mean? It would be, it would, it would, it would be, it would be, usually it would be, it would be pretty, pretty obvious. Like which companies were investing the most in like in the in the TV realm. I remember they had a plasma. I forget who made it. They had one plasma in the store, okay? And the guy that were it was an $8,000 television. And no, that I'm not making that up. That is true. They had one plasma in the store and it was $8,000. And the guy that worked there, the the one senior in the department, he was like the the TV department's like supervisor or whatever. Right, he was like, "I've sold three of them, and they've all broken." <laughs> He's like, "There, it's too new, right?" He's like, "It's too new." Yeah, let's get the likes up. Let's get the likes up. We were having a strong start, and then YouTube started just absolutely hurting us with some with some weirdness. I don't know what was going on there. Their ingest servers were acting kind of funky. Hopefully, uh, we're through. We're, hopefully, we're out of the woods. My dad still has his OG Sony. The thing is so heavy. Oh my word! So much glass. It's it's you you could hurt yourself moving the boxes because you'd go to move it and then like your body would instinctively try to make up for like your lack of strength and you would like use your back or something. Oh my word! You you would have to be very careful. I remember them telling us like you need 
So be very careful moving these TVs. You will hurt your back. Because you'll just instinctively go to lift, and then your back will try to, like, compensate. Oh, my. They had this big old, like... It was like almost like a forklift-style thing that you would stand on. It was like, meeeeet. You'd, like, ride it up and, like, drag a television off the top rack and then meeeeet. Like, bring it down. Oh, man. They were awful. They were I, they were the worst. We had... Proje- you remember projection TVs? Those giant, just disgusting things? Oh, my gosh. It looked like... A, it, it, from the back, it looked like a piano or something. It was like, why is it so big and... It's it's this big black box. Those projection TVs were super light. Super light. You know, a couple of bulbs and some circuit boards and then just a big plexiglass like screen that if you pushed on would like shove into the television. You couldn't push on them. You had to be very careful. They were hideous and they didn't I didn't think they looked good at all. The only way they could sell projection televisions. They had to put them in like a dark cave. So there was the whole TV department. And then you'd like walk into this like alcove with all the projection TVs. And and I'm telling you right now that they didn't even look good and people would buy them just for the status. They didn't look good at all. I thought they looked terrible. They wanted the size and the status. You didn't have to lift those TVs with your hands, did you? Yeah, you did. Sometimes we had to re. Sometimes we had to re. Uh, remove the like re. What was it called? Um, uh, there was a word for it, and you'd had to you'd have to shift everything around. Oh gosh, yeah, moving those TVs. Yeah, there were usually handles in the back, and the best way would be to like lift it and like hold it against yourself, like put the weight against your body. That was the best way. If you turned it around the other way, it would be all the weight would be in the front, and you'd like tip over. It was awful. It was it was terrible. They were they were awful heavy. No, not rearranged. There was a specific word for it. They would come in. And they would they would call it something. It's like when another department tells you where everything is supposed to go. I forget what that's called. There's a specific word for it. Because I remember somebody saying like when they worked at Target they had to do it. And it was they hated it. Because it was like you have to move everything. Because somebody somewhere has decided that this is a better position for all of this. You know what I mean? No, not recalibrate. It's not reset or revision. It's not like a normal word. It's not a normal word. It's like a, it's like a corporate. It's like a word they use in those corporate environments, those sales environments. Let me put another comment up on the screen here. Or ad ad uh, jc planogram. I think that's it. I think it's the planogram. Yeah, they would they would make they would change the uh, they would change the planogram. That's it. That's it. Such a weird word. Planogram. Sounds like something they would. You remember those science experiments you had to do in like the seventh grade? You know, and you like get a piece of cardboard and you like staple papers to it and tell people that you did an experiment those were terrible that's what that sounds like ADJC says do you think with the issues happening with consoles being overpriced from scalping only becoming a hindrance to gaming well I, I scalping is is terrible but I don't think it's as I don't think it's as great of a hindrance as people state it is I think the complete and utter lack of demand, like even if there was no scalping and not a single scalping bot in existence, right? You would still be in the same scenario because 
you'd go to try to buy it and it would get scooped up super fast like you'd go to check out and it would be too late or you'd go to add it to your cart and it'd be too late they'd be like no so you know a hundred people with faster internet you know snag them I don't think scalping I think scalping is terrible I think it's frustrating I think it's gas on a fire I think they're taking an existing problem and they're making it super super worse it's like hey we're having a supply deficiency combined with insane demand right consumer demand is really really high and we have you know a supply deficiency and the scalpers are coming in and being like well we're gonna make this worse but I don't think it's literally becoming like a hindrance to gaming. It, right now, if you could push a button and it would nuke every scalping bot and every scalper in the world couldn't could no longer scalp, you would still be in the same scenario. A lot of you, not all of you. Some of you are savvy enough and quick enough to get in and to be like, oh, I'm going to snag one. But a lot of people would still be saying the same thing. Yeah, I can't get one. Yeah, they, as soon as they become available, they're gone. It's, they're in demand globally at a global scale imagine that imagine imagine going to a st- like imagine me telling you hey guys we're going to sell 100 bags of coffee and we had millions of people across the globe trying to buy it at that time number 1 you'd crash a site number 2 you you it would be like playing the lottery you'd be like well i might get one like 100 bags you know what i'm saying Like, the number that they usually get is just so small compared to the number of people logging in and trying to snag them. Even the companies that have put barriers in between the the bots and the purchase, like Best Buy makes you have an account and you log in, like, all of that is super helpful. Even there, you're going to run into the same problem. In a matter of minutes, they're all claimed. They're all, you know, they're all claimed in a matter of minutes. I don't think it's becoming, I don't think scalpers are becoming a hindrance. Um, I think they're taking an existing problem and making it worse. You know, it's like, have you ever been to a restaurant and they're clearly understaffed? You know, they're clearly understaffed. And then you have customers that make it worse, right? They want to talk to the manager. They want to complain. They want to take up more of the waitress's time. You're like, what are you doing? it already stinks right now right they're understaffed they're 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 packed we're packed in here like sardines and the service is just going to be slow and you're making it worse by like you think that you complaining is going to suddenly change things like you know what the fact that you called me out here to complain you're right we're suddenly going to whip these these people into shape and we're going to we're going to give you faster service no you just added to everybody's wait time because now the manager couldn't do what he was supposed to be doing the last 10 minutes or now the waitress or the waiter can't get to their next table you know as quickly as they could have because they're standing here listening to you yammer on about waiting for appetizers like they're making an existing problem worse but the problem is already there the problem's already there it's like it already stinks there's there's not enough everybody wants them and it, the, the problem's not going away and here's the thing the problem is growing because the further you get away from the launch of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, right? The further you get away from those launches, the more people want them. There's a giant mushroom of people that want them at the beginning, and they either get them or they don't, and so they maintain their demand of the product. They want it, right? They want it. 
And then games start to launch, like Returnal, Ratchet and Clank, and you see a trailer for God of War. And so more and more people are like, I'm going to save my pennies. I want a PlayStation 5. I couldn't afford one at the time that it launched, but I can afford one now. I've been putting money aside. That game is a must-have. That Ghost of Tsushima update, that Death Stranding update, that update to Horizon Zero Dawn. I gotta have one. The Every time they market something new for Sony that looks good... There are people right now that are like, I got to get my hands on a PS5. Why? They saw a Wolverine trailer, and that's all they needed to see. That's all they needed to see. They're like, oh my word, I need to be able to play that game. The Knights of the Old Republic remake, people are looking at that, and we're, we're getting conflicting reports that it's exclusive, it's a timed exclusive, whatever. They're seeing that, and they're thinking, I need to get my hands on a PS5. I got to. So every month... There's a new batch of people globally that are like, I want to get my hands on that, dude. You know? And then, then, then you add into that the scalpers. And the scalpers are, are making, they're making bank. They are. They're, they're making hay while the sun is shining. I mean, they are absolutely making bank because the demand is so high. There's always somebody willing to spend extra money. You know? There's already people, there, there, there's, there's always going to be people like that. They're like, well, I'll spend the extra money. Yeah. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, I, I I need to have one. You know, a couple a couple hundred dollars extra to some people is just like it's worth it. I need I, I need one. You know, I'd rather put money towards a nice coffee maker so I can get in on this dark roast. There there you go. That's my man right there. That's what I like to hear. I wasn't as interested in any of the consoles at launch, and now I need two Xboxes and a PlayStation for my family for Christmas. But I will never buy them from a scalper. Right. Do you see what happened? Like, Christine is an example of what I was just saying. Like, at the beginning, nah, I'm good. And now she needs two of one and one of another. Like, she's three. You know. And not buying from a scalper? Yeah, it's gonna, that's going to be hard. That's going to be really, really hard. It is. I thought you could insta-melt the coffee. No, no, you can't. You can't. So this is our third sample for the Rageous Roast Select. I'm trying to decide what I think. I think this is better than 1 and 2. I think this is better than 1 and 2. 1 and 2 were not very good. This one's like good, but I need it to wow me. I'm not getting wowed yet. Maybe the fourth will wow me. GameStop is good for Xbox in-store pickup. Yeah, I heard I heard that they they were doing they were doing a good job too for people, that, you know, hoping to get one without, you know, dealing with scalpers, right? Huh. <clears throat> Can't wait for the select. Yeah, yeah, that'll be next. That'll be uh, that'll be next year. The select is going to be a little bit of a longer process. Because if I don't like these four, we well, you know we'll have to have them send more. You know, it'll take a little bit longer. But the the Frickmas roast we already picked. We already picked between two. We, they sent me two samples, and the one was just clearly better. Um, let me let me put another. If you guys haven't put a question up on the board or a comment up on the board, you can do that with the question command. Silent Warrior says, in my opinion, I love the Xbox for multiplayer games. While the PS5 has always been a better single-player game console, I bought the PS4 Pro solely for God of War. You know, it's funny. I I wonder how many people have done this. Right? How many people have done this? How many people have said, I wasn't wasn't going to get a PlayStation. Right? Um, uh, you know. You're trying to say you're comparing them to the light and the dark, not each other. 
No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. But we still need to compare them to each other because, like, I need to pick the one that I think is the best, right? I wonder how many people have done this. They see a game and they're like, well, I got to get a PlayStation now. Like, you know what I mean? That that would be an interesting statistic. Like, globally speaking, do a poll of every PlayStation owner and say, did you get convinced to get this based off of one game or, you know, a handful of games or something? Was, did you do this based off of a game trailer or a game announcement, you know? Because for me, I really do feel like a giant percentage of the people on the Xbox platform, they are there because that's where their friends are. If their friends moved, they would move with them, you know? They don't really care. They're not really concerned about about that, right? They're like, I, I'll, I'll just go where my friends are going. We, we like to play Call of Duty together. We like to play whatever together, right? I bought a PS5 specifically for God of War Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember seeing, uh, I remember seeing there was people like responding over the weekend to the, to the God of War Ragnarok trailer saying that like, it didn't look good enough or it looked too much like the last game. And I was like, isn't that what you would want? The last game is incredible. It, it they updated on PS5 and it looks and runs beautifully. What do you mean? I, 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 that's what I would want. I don't want some big departure from the last game. The last game was phenomenal. What is the matter with people? You know what I mean? Like that'd be like the next Spider-Man coming out and be like, "Yeah, I just it's too much like the last one." What are you talking about? The the Spider-Man and Miles Morales were so good. Just do it again. Give me a new place to go and new dudes to fight and I'll be happy. <laughs> you know? it's, like, it's like when we would go back, when my wife and I would go back to Mellow Mushroom, I don't think I ever thought to myself, this pizza is too much like the last one. I'm like, this is, this is why we come here. <laughs> like, I'll take another. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where... I don't know where that comes from, you know? Like, the need to be wowed, you know? You better knock me out of my chair. I, I better I better have a euphoric spiritual experience just from your trailer. <laughs> like, do you know what I'm saying? I better feel like I'm in church worshiping <laughs> when I'm playing your game. It better be that amazing. Like, no, I, w- I would just like another God of War, please, you know? The God of War game is too God of War-y. <laughs> God of War Ragnarok is a DLC gone ambitious. It looks like it's going to be fun. Yeah, but you saying that, Mo, is not even in line with what they've said about it. We're going to go to all nine realms. It's likely going to be bigger than the last game. How could you possibly say it's a DLC? Like, how? It's likely going to be a bigger game. So much bigger we have new traversal. There's a dog sled. I, I think they took a page out of Gears of War. Gears of War was like, well, we're going to make a big, huge area with more free-roaming tendencies. Well, we got to give you a way to traverse that. And we can't we can't put rivers everywhere. Like, what, are we going to take a boat to every place in existence in the game? More than likely, Ragnarok's going to be larger than the last God of War. Oh, they said it started out as one. Oh, really? Well, that actually is interesting. <laughs> 
I think they probably decided like this is too good. <laughs> this is too good for a DLC. It's got to be its own game, you know. That's funny. I didn't realize that it actually did start as a DLC. I thought you were saying it was basically just a DLC. I was like, no way. Absolutely not. Can we please talk about why Thor in God of War is not uh, young and sexy? Because that's actually more accurate to how he's described. Your, Chris Hemsworth was to sell movie tickets. I mean, even I want to want to touch his abs just for a second. Like, maybe I would linger. But that's how he's described, actually. Thor is not Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth brought something to Thor that we all we all love. Like he became my favorite in Ragnarok, but that's not what Thor is supposed to look like. He's he's actually supposed to be a big barrel of a man. He's supposed to be a bit of a slob. Like he's not supposed to be there. There are gods described in that way. He's not one of them. He isn't. Like you look at you look at all of it, and it's like th- th- this is Hemsworth was to sell movie tickets right now. It makes sense. Tony Stark and 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 Captain America like these are supposed to be like cliche attractive men. That that's not Thor. I'm all about thick Thor. I really am. I think he looks awesome. I think he looks dope. Lono's a man's man. I am. I am. He's a drunk. Yeah, he's supposed to be a bit of a slob. Like you know, he's not supposed to be this this you know, and and they brought it in a different way. Right, they brought it in a different way in the movie. Like he's arrogant and he's full of himself, but he's not a drunk, and he's supposed to be a drunk, you know. And they brought that, um, they brought that to the to the to the screen in the end. Holy crap, they did it! Oh, what are you watching in Eugene? You can go full screen and keep the chat. So they updated an app somewhere, and you can do the thing that you've always wanted to do. Yeah, they brought that in Endgame. Yeah, his look in Endgame is is more is funny enough. Yeah, it's more accurate. Yes, a drunkard who is beefy and thick, and yet, and yet still very very strong. Right? Oh, that's on Android. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Fat Thor was a little closer to this one. Yeah, yeah, and he's not exactly. And actually, you know, in the movies, he's like, you look like melted ice cream, like. He, he looks more like a, a, a dude that kind of let himself go. The Thor that they have in Ragnarok, he is more like a barrel of a man. Like, the, you know, you've seen those guys do the world's strongest man competitions. He's built like them. He's built like a barrel. It's, you, you wouldn't want to, you would not want to fight him. You wouldn't, even if he wasn't a god. If, if, if there was just a dude built like that, walking around, you wouldn't pick a fight with him. Just a barrel of a man. He's gonna bump you. He's gonna give you a slight bump and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I feel like I got kicked by a mule. You don't want to fight those guys. They're, 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 you're not gonna knock them out and you're not gonna outstrength them. They're gonna squeeze you and pop you. Like, you no, 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 no. He is, he is big in the, in the game. He's not like some dad who let himself go, like he's got like a beer gut. You know what I'm saying? He's a barrel <laughs> and I think it's dope I think it's cool that they're going to have their complete own iteration of him I am really interested to see how angry he is with us because of what happens in in, in God of War <laughs> what happens in God of War I'm really interested how angry is Thor <laughs> with us are we going to have to fight him <laughs> or is he going to be like well they, they got what they deserved you know I'll be curious to see his take on things is he going to help us 
or because fighting him would be that'd be pretty fun that'd be pretty fun I kind of hope we have to fight him right he's like a polar bear I want to meet Odin oh now that would be dope that would be dope I like how they were shutting down all the people that were like why is that girl oh gosh people are just funny that one writer just shut it down he was like there's all kind of stuff in here that's not that's not in the traditional stuff. We put it in because we think it's cool. <laughs> There's not, you know, what he said, blue orcs. He's like, there aren't blue orcs or whatever he calls them. You know, we're getting Mjolnir as a weapon. I don't know if we're going to get Mew Mew. I don't know about that. We're going to have to chop him up if we're going to get Mew Mew. That would be amazing if we did, though. He and Freya are the main antagonists. Oh, has that been confirmed? Mm. You'd have to trick Thor to beat him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what kind of what kind of tricks they're going to let Kratos pull unless Loki does it. That'd be the only thing I could see them doing. That would be a big moment in the game is that we're not going to win. We're fighting and we are not going to win and they go to a cutscene and Loki takes care of it. That would be that would be a moment of like oh my gosh, right? He's coming into his own killing a god like that there's only i would actually think it's more likely that loki's gonna do it we're not gonna do it if 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 we do defeat thor it's not us i don't think so they'll they'll put that they'll put that in a cutscene. thought freya hated us i don't know what her opinion of us is because you know we we kill balder so i don't know again i just don't know i don't remember i think she gets mad at the end doesn't she Loki is Thor's brother. It would be it would be more well, I don't know if they're running that line in this. Is he always Thor's brother? I don't think he's always Thor's brother, is he? Isn't aren't there different versions of the stories? You killed her son, big man. He was gonna kill her! What do you mean? She's get out of here! He was gonna kill her! That's insane to me. Half the myth hasn't happened because Loki just started to learn who he was. Well, I know Loki's adopted, but does that always happen? Is he always Thor's adopted brother? Apparently, her son comes back. Oh, they've re- re- they've released the official trailer for Hawkeye. Okay, okay. I'm really, really glad that they got Haley Steinfeld. I think she's fantastic. I love her. She was so good in Bumblebee. Good for her. Her career, True Grit, Bumblebee, and now she's in Marvel. Just the dream. She's living the dream. <laughs> Uh, doesn't matter it's a mother thing oh I know I know like he goes from strangling her and he's gonna literally kill her to being dead and then she's mad that we killed him I'm like well alright well next time we'll stay out of it and you'd, you'll, you'd be dead and then we'd kill him after the fact I guess spare us the frustration oh it has been confirmed that Freya and Thor are the main antagonists okay 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 in Norse mythology, they are real brothers. The opening fight with Balder is the one that blew my mind. That guy is phenomenal. He is... He's in Saving Private Ryan. He's the interpreter that wants to bring the typewriter. He is in Lost, right? He plays... Oh, his name just left my my brain. As a Lost fan, I can't believe that just happened. Um... Daniel Faraday. He's Daniel Faraday in Lost. 
and what he brings to Balder, it blew my mind. I was because I couldn't tell if it was him at first. I was like, I know this guy. Is that is that Daniel Faraday? Is that the actor who plays Daniel Faraday? Get out of here! Blew my mind when I realized it was him. I was like, can you can can he be in a movie and play a character like that? Just absolutely insane. So good. <laughs> oh man. I guess you lost the name. <laughs> Leave those jokes to me, Zach, okay? Don't start stepping don't start stepping on my toes here, alright? That was him. Yeah. Yeah. He's the he's the interpreter that basically he's the reason he's the reason that uh that Tom Hanks' character dies because that that he convinces them to let that German guy go and then that German guy gets back in the ranks and he's the one who shoots Tom Hanks at the end yeah and it's too late now he he uh he saves the day at the end like he fight he gets behind them and he like he has his comeback but it's he's the reason that guy is still alive yeah 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 that all comes back in the end that's a good movie he's good in that too he's very good in that <laughs> he learns what foobar means. That's good. That's good stuff. Mission to speak freely, sir? <laughs> I think the mission is foobar, sir. <laughs> uh. Spoiler alert. Oh, come on. The movie's ancient at this point. The movie's ancient. The scrawny guy? Yeah, the interpreter. He's the nervous, he's the nervous skittish guy. He wants to bring the typewriter, and Tom Hanks like holds up the pencil, you know. There were Germans in Castaway. All the voice work in God of War was spectacular, beautifully written and performed. God of War well deserved game of the year winner. One of the best games of all time, and I'm not a big hack and slash fan. It really wasn't hack and slash, though. It wasn't. It got hard. Like you actually have to play that game. Yeah, Upum. That's his name. Like Upum, Upum, something like that. Yeah, he's scrawny as Balder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, y- y- God of War combat actually gets very, very difficult. You know what I mean? It gets very difficult. You got to play smart. You can't just button mash your way through unless you turn the difficulty way down. I watched a new series, Perpetual Grace on Stars. Very good. Best thing John Locke's in it. Highly recommend. Oh, Ben Kingsley's in it. I like him. I like Ben Kingsley. And I like the guy who plays John Locke. He's he's good. He shows up every once in a while and stuff. And I'm like, oh, it's Locke! Is it all but confirmed at this point that a Sony title is going to win Game of the Year three years in a, row, in a row? I don't see a lot of contenders. I really don't. I think Lawson Random will win a couple awards for certain things. I bet you Psychonauts wins, like, maybe one or two awards, but, like, Ratchet and Clank is going to clean up. They're just going to clean up. I don't think there's any... I don't know. Returnal will win some stuff, I think. But, I don't know. Lost is one of the best shows I've seen with the worst ending of all time. The ending has grown on me over the years every time I rewatch it. Because once you have a better understanding of what's going on in the flash sideways, I think it's more enjoyable. Your first time through, you're like, what the frick's going on? You finally get an explanation. You're like that was it but when you rewatch it with that knowledge i think it's more enjoyable i think they created they created rewatch value with a bad ending I, i'm serious i think they did 
It's definitely not a basic hack and slash, but it fell into that genre, and yes, the combat's much more varied. Oh yeah, yeah, it gets tough. You can make it really hard on yourself, too. You can up the difficulty. Some of those fights are gonna be, you feel like a Souls game. You know what I mean? Last of Us 2. Well, Last of Us 2, you, that doesn't, that, you, that already won awards. Oh, no, 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 you're doing it in order. Last of Us 2, Ratchet, and then either Horizon Forbidden West or God of War. Right, 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 I see what you're saying. I see, I see, I see. Horizon Forbidden West won't stand a chance against God of War. Yeah, I don't think so. Horizon Forbidden West is going to win some awards, but I don't think. Yeah, I think God of War is going to is going to be so tough to beat, so tough to beat. It's I don't know. Yeah, Elden Ring, Elden Ring could 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 pull something out of the fire. They could, they could. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's that's tough though. That is tough. Do you recommend Lost and Random? I was worried it would get samey the further you got. So, Lost in Random, the combat is creative and fun. The art style is charming and wonderful. The voice acting and the soundtrack are exactly what you want. The pacing can be a little infuriating. I don't know why they did this. It seems way out of left field, but there are incessant dialogue trees. And it's so halting and so overdone. It's so overdone. Every encounter takes three times the length that it probably should right I, it, it, I don't it doesn't it doesn't flow it doesn't flow main story beats and cutscenes I'm totally okay with having those disruptive moments and like you interject and I have to watch something but every NPC I spoke to about even the slightest mission it's like have you ever had that person? It's a long talker, right? Who, who was it that said that? I think it was Kevin Hart that was like, I avoid a place if I know there's going to be a long talker there, you know? Because they'll be like, let, 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 me, let me talk to you for a second. And they don't. They, they go on and they go on and they go on. That's what this felt like. Like every character was a long talker. You were like, oh, I get it. Okay, cool. I'll go do the mission. And they're like, let me tell you a little bit more about click. And another thing, click, I was thinking the other, click, 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 like, what on earth? It, it's, it's ridiculous. If you go into it knowing that, if you know that's going to be there and you're okay with clicking through it, I think it's a charming, fun little game. You can, you can on your own decide when you want to listen to dialogue and when you don't because it's done. It's well done. It's it, it's good writing. It's it's good voice acting, but it's just overdone. It's like what, I don't know. Have you ever been to a restaurant and they just bring out too much food? You're like, what is all this? They just throw coleslaw on the plate just because, and you're like, well, I don't even want coleslaw. And they're like, well, you're getting coleslaw. You're getting like a salad bowl's worth of coleslaw, and you're like, okay, I'm not gonna eat it. You know what I mean? It it starts to feel that way in this game. Like they fell in love with the art and the voice acting and they just do way too much of it now Biomutant was way worse than this this wasn't nearly as bad as Biomutant Biomutant was like walk 5 feet and get interrupted you know what I mean the cutoff date for game of the year is late November so Halo will miss this year yeah Halo and Horizon Forbidden West are going to get thrown into a year that's going to be really really hard to win there's going to be a deluge of games just a flood oh my gosh I don't think Halo stands a chance. They might win some multiplayer awards or something, but 
I don't know. They yeah, they're getting thrown into a tough, tough year because there it's just going to be big game after big game after big game because there's so many games that got shoved into 2022. Biomutant had paper swords. Oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah, it was rough. That's Lambert's in Missouri. They throw rolls at you and come around with buckets of size. They add on to your entree. I'm from Boston. We don't eat like that. Yeah, it's a bit much. It's a bit much. Um, uh, we got another question here or comment from Mythrax. You really don't want to miss on God of War's take on Greek mythology from the previous games. Yeah, I, I actually really, really enjoyed one of the. Well, I think one of the highlights of the previous God of War is all of the parts where your son, you know, he's like, he walks up and he's like, boy, comes over, you know, what does it say? Read it, boy. And he reads it. Those are some of the best parts of the game. Those are some of the best parts of the game because he gives, the the, the son, the, the, the voice actor, he gives these very brief but very good synopsis of like, Certain things, certain things that have happened with the different gods and the different people, and it's brilliant because it, it, it's all like, oh, you know, it's all from his mom. Like, you know, this is what she said, or this is what she taught me, or this is blah 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 blah. And it was so well done for the ending because you get to the ending, and he's like, he's talking about the frost giants and how they always called him Loki, and you're like, are you freaking kidding me? Because the entire time you're like, what is going on with this kid? I've not been sick in a while, and he's losing it, and he's getting angry, and he's saying, like, really dark, twisted stuff. Like, what the heck? He's hearing voices. Like, what is happening? I I thought it was so, so good. I loved it. The adopted Loki story is better than the actual Thor and Loki just being blood-related. It opens up so many story opportunities. Yeah. God of War 1 to 3 story is way more interesting than the current one. Well, I, I, it's so hard for me to go back because people always do this. People always do this. They'll, they'll, they'll say, well, y- you should really go back and play all the old Uncharted's. You know, I played Uncharted 4 and I had a blast with it. Like, well, you should really go back and play, play the old ones. I have a really, really hard time doing that. I do. I have a really, really hard time doing that because I, I don't know. I feel that they, it's not that they don't age well. It's that they I don't think if if you loved them at the time right you look back on them with really really fond memory you're like oh it was so great but if you didn't play them at the time and you tried to go back and play them it doesn't land right it's like this is old it doesn't it doesn't it does I, it just does not land properly a five dollar tip from insomniac black it's the multiple times where you see Kratos about to put his hand on his son's shoulders, but was interrupted for different reasons and melted my heart. Like, I, thank you for the $5 tip. They did a really good job with that, too. It was subtle. It was, they, they with the emotive caption, like the capture, times where you felt like he was going to say something and he didn't, you know? When he turns around in the trailer and, like, has this look of shock on his face... Oh, they they do an, a stellar job with the emote caption, like capture, the emotion capture, like motion capture. Yeah, you put a guy in a room, have him swing stuff, throw stuff, jump, whatever. Capturing the the emotion on a person's face and putting that in a video game, 
Days Gone and and God of War are two of the best. They they just they nail it. It looks so good. I agree. The main story of one and three is very interesting, but the new God of War is just miles better as a game in general. God of War one through three, the combat ages well in my opinion. Hot take: They took a step back with the combat in the current one. I've had long-standing God of War fans say that they're like, yeah. The new one's good, but the you know they thought they thought the combat was better, in, you know, in the past. I tried to play the Ezio collection, just couldn't do it. That's what I'm saying. That's it, Lono. I tried to do it with the old Halo games in anticipation of Halo Infinite, but I couldn't do it. If you didn't play them at the time, it doesn't work. It doesn't. You're going back in time. It, 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 okay, I, here's a great example. I grew up watching The Princess Bride. We would quote The Princess Bride. We loved it. Our family would regularly watch The Princess Bride. It was probably shown in our home once a year. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Same deal. We would watch it every year, and we loved it. I remember laying on my back, right? You remember around the, around Christmas time, you'd have like a coffee laugh? Like your laugh was almost mixed in with a cough because of the time of year, Right? It was like a chest. It was like a chest cough and a laugh all together, and it felt good. I remember laying on the floor in the family room, cough, laughing like belly laughing at Chevy Chase in the attic. I just I remember that right. And I showed both of those movies to my wife, and she's like, "I don't get it." She she did not understand the appeal of the Princess Bride. Like it didn't make any sense to her. And she doesn't like the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation movies because she's like she thinks like Chevy Chase's character is a bit of a pig, and he is. But that's what that's part of it, right? That's part of the shtick. That's part of the thing, you know. And so, I if you don't grow up with it, it doesn't it doesn't hit you the same way when you watch it and you're older now and you've watched other movies and other comedies and other things. Like if you didn't grow up with it, it doesn't hit the same way. She's like, I just don't, I just don't get it. I don't think it's that funny. I'm watching The Princess Bride with her, and she's just, it's not, it's not landing. She's like, I don't, I don't understand. She's like, I, I don't, I don't get why you like this. But I grew up with it, so it's different. If you grew up with Halo, if you grew up with Gears of War, or, or even some of the early Call of Duties, and you go back to them, you can like, you can find things about them, like, oh, this is so great. I remember this. I remember that, and blah blah blah. If you, if you try to do that now, like you try to go back and play a game like that now, and it was your, it's your first time playing the early Halos, you're like, you'll be like, ah, this is just, this ain't it. I went back and played Reach for you guys, it was a couple months ago, and I remember playing it and thinking, I can intellectually break this down and see that this was probably amazing at the time. This was huge at the time. This, you know, this, this is on another level here, right? But I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't like, yeah, man, this is so crazy. This is so good. No, because I didn't, I didn't grow up with Halo. I remember playing Halo 1 with dudes in the dorms, and I would play through the campaigns for the co-op, like with my siblings, but I don't know. You just changed my whole opinion on Madam. Why would you do that? Who doesn't love the Princess Bride? Vengeance, I'm telling you, find somebody who did not grow up with the Princess Bride and show it to them. And they'll be like, it's it's fine. 
she didn't say it was bad she just didn't get why it was adored right if you grew up with it you you adore it like it's it's part of your childhood you know you find somebody that didn't grow up with the princess bride and you show it to them they'll be like i don't understand it's that's fine it's not a bad movie but i don't get why everybody thinks this is so great and they quote it so much you know what i mean it was almost like an american monty python movie you know it had that feel it was quotable you know the never-ending story yeah yeah i honestly might get a playstation just to play uncharted because i've watched gameplay of it and it looks fun does anyone remember the achievement in halo reach where you had to jump off of a cliff and assassinate that one elite yeah i, I don't remember that i didn't play it i didn't see the movie until i was 19 yeah i mean listen if if you're into those kind of movies too i i think that that helps especially well yeah if you watch it in high school and you thought it was hilarious but it was a different time back then like it was a different brand of comedy you know i've never seen princess bride i watched it about a year ago prefer monty python right i think something changes when you cross over out of like teenage years into adulthood you know it just something changes i had people ruin monty python for me i had people ruin it for me they quoted monty python and the holy grail so much that by the time i finally saw it i was like this is not none of this is funny none of this is funny this is so not i've heard every single one of these lines poorly delivered by a bunch of chuckleheads like this is terrible I remember say, uh, a friend of mine, when he finally saw Napoleon Dynamite, he was like, it isn't funny. He was like, I've literally heard all of this. I've heard about every one of these scenes. I've heard all these lines. You can literally have a movie ruin, ruined for you. You really can. If if it gets too, too much quotations. There were guys that ruined Chappelle show sketches for me. You know, they ruined Chappelle sketches for me because they would quote them so much. I'd finally get to watch that episode and that skit would come up and I'd be like, this isn't funny. I've heard this, you know, okay. Like I couldn't, I couldn't take it. Right. But then if I watched Chappelle show fresh and didn't have it quoted and misrepresented, like, cause you know, people, people try so hard to like imitate it. And it was like, no, just stop it. Just stop it, you know. You're you're not you're 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 not you're not Dave Chappelle. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Naked Gun movies were pretty good. Naked Gun and the airplane movies, yeah, yeah, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. How much uh, how much you want to bet I can throw a football over the mountains? <laughs> yeah, we require a shrubbery and the knights who say knee and I fart in your general direction. I heard all of that before I saw the movie. So then when you see the movie, you're like, I don't get why this is funny. They're rolling. They're holding their stomachs. Oh, they're laughing. And I'm like, this is just bad. Like, but then I watched the Monty Python TV series with my parents. You know, is this room for an argument? Like, you know, this paddock is dead. Like, those were brilliant. Like, John Cleese is just phenomenal. Like, he was... It was, it was very, very creative in what they came up with and did, but I didn't have that stuff quoted to me all the time, so I got to see it and experience it fresh. You know what I mean? It made a big difference. It made a huge difference in my experience with it. And so, you go back and play these old games, and like, if you grew up with them, you experience them a lot differently. Yeah, I got, I got 
I go I go back and try and play old games now. I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I cannot do it. You should watch Black Adder if you haven't. I, I don't even know what that is. Mm. 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 Yeah. Yeah, this coffee's this coffee's fine. That's all I said. Don't get me started on Spaceballs. Epic movie. It's sad we don't have any more Mel Brooks movies. I don't even know uh, what comes close these days. Yeah, I didn't like Spaceballs. I didn't like it. I, I like it, there are moments that are very funny, right? There are moments that are very funny, but I didn't like it. I thought I, I still to this day think parody humor is the laziest. I think parody humor is the laziest. I don't like Weird Al, and I don't like Spaceballs. I don't. I'm like, eh, eh. I know, I know, I know. Mel Brooks and John Candy and a brilliant cast and all these funny moments, and I'm like, eh, yeah, this isn't that good. <laughs> You know, I don't know. It's, you know, I see your Schwartz is as good as mine. Like, uh, it's so low hanging. It just feels so low hanging. It doesn't feel that. It doesn't, it does not feel that good. It really doesn't. I feel the same way with Weird Al Yankovic. I'm just like, uh, you know, people describe him like he's a creative genius. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so. Constantly, constantly taking other people's music and substituting your own quirky humor. I, I'm just like, yeah, you can keep it. <laughs> you can keep it. I don't like it. <laughs> what about Blazing Saddles? I didn't grow up with Blazing Saddles. There were, yeah, there were certain movies and comedies we just didn't watch, and that was one of them. We didn't watch Blazing Saddles. Yeah, we liked Airplane. Yeah, we liked Airplane. We liked the Naked Gun movies. And I know that, like, Airplane and Naked Gun, I know those movies were parodies of other movies, right? Like, Lethal... They were basically parodies of Lethal Weapon, kind of. And then Airplane was a parody of... I forget what. There was another. There was a movie that was a parody of, wasn't it? Black Adder's an 80s sitcom following a character called Edmund Black Adder, played as Rowan Atkinson. Uh, through important British time periods. It's amazingly funny. I'd never heard of that. Yeah. I tried to watch Blazing Saddles at one point uh, in my life, and I got bored and turned it off. There's a huge difference between parody humor and parody humor done well. I'm telling you, even the best, even the best parody humor, I'm too, my brain's too active. It's probably my own fault, right? It's probably my own fault. My brain's too active because I break down the comedy. Like, that's one of the reasons I love comedians in cars getting coffee or the the talking funny thing they did or, you know, Ben Stiller has done some stuff in, like, interviews and, and workshops and stuff on comedy. I love that. I think my brain is too active. I break down the comedy and I'm like, this is freaking lazy. You know? It's lazy. It's e- this is easy. You're taking something that's incredibly popular and you're just turning it into a joke. Like you're just par- you're just doing a parody of everything. Well, we'll have Chewbacca be a dog, and you know we'll have the, the bad guy be really short and have a giant helmet. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I just don't like it. it. My brain doesn't. My brain doesn't get it. One of my favorite games growing up was Metal Gear Solid. Hard to go back and play it again now. Did you see the voice actor for Snake wants to do, he wants to do Wolverine. He's like express interest. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. Even Austin Powers parody humor. 
Yeah, I never thought. I thought the. I did not get the Austin Powers movies. I did not understand why they were so popular. I didn't. You're just you're just doing a parody of of James Bond, and you're exaggerating everything. I, I don't know. I'm like I don't I don't get this. The only parody comedy I enjoyed was Scary Movies one and two. No, I just I don't know. I don't know. What's a comedy that you just love and could watch over and over? Um. I laugh a lot, and I laughed a lot in the early seasons of Arrested Development, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec in the Office, loved those, thought those were very funny. Um, As far as, like, comedy movies, it's tough, because certain movies I find funny for the wrong reasons, like Wes Anderson. I love his movies, and I find some of the scenes to be hilarious. Um... 30 Rock was okay. On a rewatch, I didn't like it as much. They got stuck in too many little bits. You know what I mean? Like, how many times can you have Tracy Morgan be like, that's as bad as the time I tried to wrestle a pillow and thought it was an alligator. And then they, they show him wrestling a pillow. And I was just like, how many times can you do this bit? You know what I mean? Um, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, Dumb and Dumber is one I can always go back to and I think is very funny. Um... I think, yeah, I think, yeah, there's something about Dumb and Dumber that I find very funny. I think it's because you know that they're being stupid. Like, they know that they're being dumb. Beverly Hills Cop? Mm, No. That that wasn't my vibe when I was a teenager. You know what I mean? I was watching, like, Tommy Boy and Adam Sandler and, uh, sadly, you know, one of the greats, you know, Eddie Murphy. Like, I missed out on a lot of his stuff. Um... Can you ex- somebody's asking, can you explain why people hate Adam Sandler so much? I personally love him and his movies. I just think he did the thing that, 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 that people end up disliking is he just made too many movies. If you keep making movies, right? If you keep making movies, then people eventually are like, okay, that's enough. Right? That's enough. I like him. I think he's funny. I also think he's a very good serious actor. He's a very good serious actor in the right role I think he does a good job as a serious actor but I don't like comedy movies a lot of the times like when they're trying to be funny there was the one with Will Ferrell and Tina Fey I thought that no not Will Ferrell I'm sorry I, I read Will Ferrell in chat it wasn't it, it's um it's Tina Fey and M- Michael Scott is played by Steve Carell Steve Carell and Tina Fey. I liked that one. I thought that was pretty funny. They're, the date night or whatever it was. Um, yeah, he's uh, Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. And then there was another one that was like, I for, yeah, Rain o- yeah, Rain Over Me. He was good in that. And then he was good in, um, there was the one where he was like depressed or something and married. And I forget the name of it. Um, yeah. It's weird because like, yeah, Punch Drunk Love. If I watch a movie that I know is setting out to be funny, you you have a lot of work to do. You know? Like Jumanji 1 and 2. I thought there was hilarious moments in those. I thought they were I thought they had funny moments, but I wouldn't be like, "Oh man, that movie was such a gut buster. I I could watch it a 100 times." Yeah, Talladega Nights and Step Brothers. I can watch those. Like I can just watch Will Ferrell be an idiot. I can. I don't know why. I think one of the reasons, like, I really liked Eastbound and Down. 
at least the first couple of seasons. I like watching something where I can tell they don't know what's going to happen in the scene. You know what I'm saying? I know when I'm watching Step Brothers or Talladega Nights or you know any of those things, I know when I'm watching it that they're being genuinely funny because they don't have a rigid they don't have like a rigid script. And that ends up making it funnier. Tropic Thunder. Yeah, that one was pretty good. So, you really dislike Will Ferrell? Oh, I think I I love him. I think he's so the, the, the you just put him in a scene and he makes it funny, you know. And the more exposed to a flavor of comedy, the less impact it has over time. That yeah, that can happen too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why stand-up comics have have a lifespan, right? Because they have to start to reinvent their material, and then they lose some of their core their core audience. Like it's hard for them to keep going, you know. Um. So for me, like, and I think that was one of the reasons why The Office ended up being so good, and I liked it so much, or um, even Parks and Rec, because they would let the they would let the cast kind of run run the scene a little bit right they let them run the scene and i remember one of the writers being angry at uh andy's character played by chris um gosh i'm struggling with names this morning uh it, i i almost said chris pine and i'm like it's not chris pine that's the guy in star trek um it's funny about films like that. If Will Ferrell's in, he'll sign me up. If Will Ferrell wrote it, sign me up. If Will Ferrell is in it, and he wrote it, hard pass. Really? Yeah, Always Sunny is, is good. I liked Always Sunny. And Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt improved so much in that show, and the writers hated him for it, right? They hated him for it, because like, in, in, in a loving way, they didn't like actually hate him. But the one writer was like, the one time he puts all of you know Leslie Nope's symptoms into the browser, and he's like, "It says here you might have you know internet connectivity problems," and the writers absolutely hated him because they were like, "That was a- that was brilliant, that was brilliant," and it was just a moment where Chris Pratt was just in the mode, he was in the character, you know, the the y- you can tell when he's making Aubrey Plaza laugh, you know it's a good scene, you know when he's at the doctor. He's talking about when he goes to the bathroom and he keeps having to wipe over and over again. You know Pratt's taking the scene to its breaking point. Like, how far can I take this scene before even the actors can't take it and they're laughing? Aubrey Blake so many, breaks so many times in scenes with him because he does that. That, to me, is, to me, those are the, those are the funniest shows. Of the fu- those are the funniest scenes. That's why I can't watch shows like like um, the Big Bang Theory or How I Met Your Mother because I know they think they're being funny they're writing it to be clever and they're writing it thinking like oh this will be very very funny you know what I mean Twitter hates Chris Pratt well they can get over it you can't cancel him like he's he's too big he's in too many movies you, you can't do this this guilt by association crap that they're trying to pull with him it hasn't it hasn't worked it hasn't worked they have tried their darndest to hurt him and it just hasn't worked. It's like, just give up. Just give up. You guys have, you're just a bunch of toothless dogs. Just shut the frick up. We're all sick of hearing from you anyway. You're annoying and bad for the world. Do you like Trailer Park Boys? I never watched it. I never watched it. never got into Trailer Park Boys. So. 
don't really like him, but the good comeback story bit was hilarious. I don't remember that. I love Big Bang Theory. It's funny, though. No, I don't think it's funny at all. Yeah, Twitter hates everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, all, all Twitter does is weaponize virtue to hurt people and have a power play. They don't care. They don't have any conviction. Jerry Seinfeld made an amazing observation in one of the most recent episodes of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. He made an amazing observation. He said, historically speaking, it was a very conservative thing and a very conservative mindset to censor stuff and to hide stuff and to remove books. He's like, now, the complete opposite end of the spectrum is trying to do that. They're trying to censor and minimize what you can joke about and what's funny, and they're they're trying to cancel different things. They had an episode of The Office recently taken out of the lineup. It's just gone. Like, because people complained about it, right? I thought his observation was so key. Is like, in both scenarios, it's not about conviction, it's not about truth. You just swing from one side to the other, and now this side's more about, like, no, we need to remove that, get rid of that censor that, cancel that, blah 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 right and both sides do it but like you you, you, you swing to this side now and it's like well now this side that's all they're known for now, like, well, we gotta cancel this get that comedian, get that episode, shut down that show, shut down this person we don't want them to have a voice it's like just the pendulum just swings back and forth cause it's not about the truth and it's not about a conviction it's about a cultural power play, that's all it's about that's all it's about yeah, they just removed the, uh, the an episode of The Office. Like you can't, you can't unless you own the DVDs. If you go now and try and watch The Office, that episode's gone. They removed it. That was the episode. It was wasn't it the episode with the um, uh, it, it, it it was the the seminar they had to have because because Michael had said some offensive things or something, right? Yeah, Diversity Day. That was it. Yeah, the, the diversity day is gone. That episode is gone. And what's funny is, what's funny is, Steve Carell said that. He said, I don't think The Office could live in today's climate. It wouldn't survive. It wouldn't survive. It wouldn't have gone over well. You know, it wouldn't have landed. It would have landed. And he's right. He is 100% right because these people just proved him right, you know? They proved him right. It's like we have to remove this episode if you digitally bought it it's still there oh well that's good UK office is better than the US office I tried watching the UK office and I couldn't do it I couldn't do it it, it was I don't know there was a, there was a darker side to it it was there was more of a there was more of a misery and a cruelty to it it wasn't lighthearted and jovial and uh, yeah it's still up on Canadian Netflix watched it last week well, good for Canada then. <laughs> there you go. Canada. Canada wins. Uh, Kevin trying to say the Chris Rock bit kills me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've watched that show, Mike. I really like that show. Yeah. That show surprised me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't survive, but I feel like it's really popular with younger people, the same people that are wanting to ban everything, so I don't get it. Well, I think a lot of the times a show like that being popular with, like, the younger audience is because of the memes and the animated GIFs and, like, how 
how you can leverage it for humor and tweets and stuff. And so I think it gets popular in that way. But then the culture is so scared of being on the wrong side of something. So as soon as someone says, oh, that episode's wrong or inappropriate, right? Most people don't know how to interact with that. They don't know how to have an intelligent conversation about 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 humor and comedy and all this, right? And so they just sort of go along. And they're like, yeah, you're right. Do you see? Like, most of the time, I think it's just acquiescence. It's like, well, I better go along with this because I... I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I can't really engage in a conversation about this. So if people are upset and angry, I, I, I better go along with it. It's you're, you're winning, you know, you're winning the fight by just, just big fear. You know what I mean? The people are afraid. They're like, well, I don't want to be on the wrong side of this. And then people will be mad at me. You know, UK office is pretty dark. It's a really different kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. It's still up on Peacock. Looks like it's only... Oh, only Comedy Central removed it. It'll be real interesting if that'll set a standard or if these other platforms will say no. I thought it got removed from everywhere. I hope NBC... I hope they say, no, we're not removing it. No, it's part of the original show. Take it or leave it. Like I, I, I really do. I hope, I, hope, I hope more and more companies start to say, no, if you don't like it, don't watch it. No one's making you watch it. Like That's what they need to start saying. You don't like Dave Chappelle's new new stand-up? You don't like that episode of The Office? Then, uh, then don't watch it. When the, the frick? Who cares? What, what are you doing? No one's making you watch it. You know what I mean? Ah. You know what I mean? If you guys haven't taken the poll yet, PlayStation versus Xbox, where do you prefer? Where do you land? We want to know. If you're new and haven't hit subscribe yet, smash the subscribe button. Hit that like button. They censored South Park episodes and removed some of them. Oh, Comedy Central's doing that on their own. Of all of all the places that you would think wouldn't do that, they would seem like the place that would not do that. They'd be like, "No, this is Comedy Central." But what? What? It, how ironic, right? To have the name Comedy Central <laughs> and to be self-censoring comedy, like. You need to change your name. <laughs> you need to change your name. You're not Comedy Central anymore. Uh, Stutzo, is it even possible to end the console war since humans are humans? I mean, I think the console war is driven by two things. Brand loyalty and envy. I'm, I'm serious. I think the console war is driven by two things. Brand loyalty and envy. I remember distinctly being angry that I didn't have a PlayStation when certain games landed. Like, I had to borrow my brother's PlayStation to play The Last of Us. And I remember it made me envious of the PlayStation. I was like, oh, they got some stuff over here, man. (laughs) They've got some stuff over here, dude. This is a good platform, you know? And if you take brand loyalty and envy and you put it in a blender... What comes out is people, people being unkind or you know uncharitable to the other side and acting like, oh, yeah. look at the sales figures on PlayStation, Switch, and Xbox. There is no war. Do you mean because one is so much higher in saturation than the rest, or that they both continue to successfully sell to large audiences, even if there is one that is bigger than the rest? 
in the sense that they aren't being publicly pressured to do it they're making the decisions internally to do these things yeah I didn't see any public outcry about diversity day so when they did it I was like when did that happen like who even cares it's an old show do you know what I mean what comes out of that is toxicity right my wife and I have been watching Reno 911 that couldn't be a thing today I've not watched it recently enough but yeah you're probably right there's probably a lot of stuff in Reno that they, that they couldn't get away with yeah 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 people also see things like this as an extension of themselves and when you insult something they enjoy is worse they take it as an attack Right, they're like, oh, but I that I love my and I, you know they they I use it every day, you know. I don't feel like it's much of a war these days, anyways. As far as I can tell, these people make other things to get uh, Big Baby Rage mad over. If they decide to remove an episode and people uh, misled use it as proof of some culture war, well, but Eugene, you don't think they're doing it in anticipation of that potential threat, right? Like, if there are people going around in the neighborhoods and they're they're hitting mailboxes or, or vandalizing fences, and I go out in my front yard and preemptively kind of prepare for that in case it happens, I, I do. I think that's a reality. I think there's a reality out there of like, man, I don't know. We, we don't want them to come for us, so let's kind of preemptively remove this stuff. Not to mention, you have people on a board or on a or on a a committee or there's somebody at some level at Comedy Central that has been influenced by the culture and the battle over this that has decided that we need to remove that, right? You think they're doing it for business reasons? That is a business reason. Sensing the threat of the the cancel culture like comedy censorship war that's been going on. I, I'm telling you right now, they know that that's a reality and they don't feel like fighting it, so they just remove the episode. They're like, we don't feel like dealing with this in six months. That is a business reason. Yeah, we don't feel like listening to these people. Just remove the episode. Why even give them a foothold? You know? Why even Why even give them an option to criticize us for having this this episode? You know what I mean? preemptively canceling themselves it's not even preemptive canceling they could say hey we've gone through and removed episodes that we think are problematic so like what are you going to come at us with what are you what are you going to say you can't really come at them for that they could say we're doing our due diligence to come over episodes and remove episodes that we think are problematic that's 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 100 percent. it'd be a business reason if they did it in six months because they were demanded to by twitter it would that would still be a that would still be a business reason they're bo- in both scenarios it's a business reason one's proactive one's reactive in both cases they're protecting their brand serial mailbox destroyer sues homeowner for reinforcing his mailbox causing him to break his arm that's right <laughs> that's right uh, what do we got here Outlander has a comment or, and a question here Lono, do you see that in the future, consoles is going to be the kind of thing of a remote service on a subscription? No hardware as we know it, just maybe a dongle controller or your smart TV. I made that prediction last week about Microsoft, right? I think in five years, you're going to have an Xbox app on your television, and you'll just be able to play all your Game Pass games through the cloud. 
and as long as your TV is plugged into an Ethernet cable, it'll probably run reasonably well. You get if you get really fast internet, if you're on fiber, XCloud will run beautifully through Ethernet right on your television. You just turn on your turn on your remote. Your TV just needs Bluetooth, so then your 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 controller's there, and you just play. I I think Microsoft's goal is to become the Netflix of gaming. I think that's what they want to become. They want to be like a yeah, just install the app and everything's there. Your iPad, your phone, your PC, your television, you know? Hardware's going nowhere, even for Microsoft. Oh no, I wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years, they're not even, they don't even care about the hardware anymore. Microsoft's bread and butter is software. If they continue to do hardware, it'll only be to have a presence in the market, not because they feel like it's necessary. It'll be like, well... We want to have that presence in the market. Like every eight or nine years, we need to launch a console so people understand like, hey, we're still here. We're still making games. I think that's Microsoft's goal is to become the Netflix of gaming. I don't even think, and this was in an interview from Phil Spencer. I don't, he said that they don't view Sony as their competition. They view Google and Amazon as their competition. Why? Because software, like interacting with something over the internet in a service form is just that's the wave that's where everything's going like Amazon bought the purple platform for the technology and now Amazon has its own live streams on Amazon Amazon's gonna gonna make AWS a continued push out into the public of yay you want to stream just use AWS Amazon Web Solutions we have our own streaming back end you can do this you blah 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 and you embed it on your site and you're off to the races like that that's that's the future the future is i push a button and here's all the stuff i like to interact with right here ding all my movies my tv shows my games whatever the idea that like well i need to go buy a box and i gotta hook that box up and then the box has to download stuff and no that that expectation is going to continue to uh that expectation is going to continue to 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 change the playstation's working with netflix yeah do you want to know why they're working with Netflix? Because that's what they see. They see that that's where things are going. They need a full entertainment suite offering where you turn on their device and everything is there. You subscribe to them and you're going to have their... They're already testing their Video Plus subscription. Where they? Where were they testing that? Was it in like the Dutch market or somewhere? They were testing it in a market overseas like in a small testing environment just to see how it would run why because that's what they want they want you on a subscription where you literally get everything emulators are coming in hot new emulator consoles can emulate certain ps4 games this is where i think publishers need to work with the emulators i think you could create an emulation market that makes money for everybody and then it's on the up and up and no one's worried about getting in trouble right So you go into the emulation market and you buy some old emulated game and then Sony gets a cut because it's their marketplace. You give a cut to whatever, whoever holds the IP. There's got to be a developer or a publisher somewhere that owns that IP. They get a cut and and then the emulators get a cut. And because people can leave reviews, the emulators have a vested interest in doing a good job with the product. Now you might have to go through like an approval process. Like you don't want to have... Four, four, four emulators working on the same game and then you have like four different versions and then the, you know, the consumer is confused you might have to go through like an approval process of like well we want to do an emulation of you know these old games over here well no somebody's already working on that you know 
Call me old school, but I want hardware. I don't like the idea of Netflix game at all. At all. You don't like it, but I'm telling you that's where it's going. Like the music industry is refusing to, you know, to adapt well to the, to what's happening. They're not. They've not adapted well to to things going streaming. Right? Movies, TV shows, are have done the same. They've evolved out of the idea of like you need cable, you need satellite, you need to go buy a DVD box set. No, it's all streaming. Gaming's going the same way. It's like a giant. It's like whenever you're. Uh, what do they? What do they call that in the ocean? It's like, it's like a giant cyclone in the ocean just sucking everything down. Everything is going in that direction. Now, this doesn't mean hardware will die, but it certainly means a ton of people are going to start engaging with games in that way. Right? A ton of people are going to engage in that way. That's going to be how they game. A whirlpool. Thank you. I couldn't think of it. I was reading a Redwall recently, and they they tricked some other boat into falling into a whirlpool and they, they skidded past it. Couldn't think of the name whirlpool. I'm, I'm struggling this morning to think of words. Microsoft, we're nearing a $2 trillion valuation in April. Right. It's, it's going to become, and you may never do it. You may say, I'm never going to do that. I want hardware. I don't want a cloud game. That's totally fine. Do you know how many people will do that? Think of it in this realm. Think of it in this realm. You don't touch mobile games. You're like, I just don't do it. You know, I may fart around with words with friends on a vacation because I'm bored or, you know, my friends get me into some little dinky game. But for the most part, you're like, I don't touch mobile games. Mobile games are an enormous industry. So... Microsoft trying to become the the Netflix of gaming and playing games like that way, you may say, nope, there's always just enough latency, just enough lag, I don't like it, and I'm not doing it. And then the rest of the world says, this is so convenient, this is so easy, this is so great, you know, I don't really notice the latency as much, yeah, sometimes it's laggy, but you know, sometimes the Netflix show gets grainy, you know what I mean? Sometimes it happens, it's okay, it's fine. It's going to be a massive, massive market. It's going to be a shift in the market. I think it's going to be a shift in the market to where in 10 years, if you don't offer that, I think people are going to say, why don't you offer this? It was like going to Blockbuster and being like, I don't understand. Why don't you offer some kind of a streaming service online? Go to Blockbuster.com and watch all these. What? I could pay for you, I could pay you for my membership and then watch these movies, or I could not pay for a membership and just rent them one at a time. Like, why don't you have that? That became an expectation. That became a standard thing. Overnight, boom. I, I can just watch it at home. You can just stream it. I think 2020 and what happened to like the movie industry is going to expedite this because I think people now more than ever people are also saying that they're like I don't understand I just do it at home I can just watch the movie at home I can play the game at home I don't I don't need to go buy something I don't need to go to the store who goes to the store you know that expectation has shifted faster it's it has shifted faster than uh, than original. You know what I mean? It was Ketchup who thought they were some ringing operation that weren't comparable to Amazon. I'm not sure what you're talking about. 
That's why I'm interested in this Kojima Cloud game that he's making for Microsoft. If you that I think that's going to be the big challenge. I think that's going to be the big challenge. One of the challenge for VR becoming mainstream or one of the challenges for VR becoming more popular is that a lot of big name titles avoid it because of the challenge, the barrier, the you got to buy equipment. Not everybody likes it. Even the people that own the equipment might not like their your game. People that have tried it have said, "I gave me a headache or it felt weird." There's a there's a barrier of entry there that makes VR difficult. And so a lot of big name titles don't touch it. Now, you had like Resident Evil did it, you had like the Half-Life Alex thing, but I think you're going to have a similar challenge with cloud gaming. If you make a game specifically for cloud gaming like to try to promote it a lot of developers and publishers are going to say I'm not I'm not doing that I no it's too experimental it's too new it's too laggy right we ran simulations and we couldn't get it to, we, 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 we couldn't get it to run as well as we wanted to so cloud gaming is going to going to be in a similar position to where you're you're going to need a game that's like center stage that runs well that people say oh this is well worth interacting with I like this this actually this is fun this runs well I played it on this or I played it on that that's what people uh, that was about people like oh about people liking cloud gaming yeah he was saying good for them like good for people that like cloud gaming yeah 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 I, I think cloud gaming is gonna is gonna rise and fall on two things. You need big big titles. You need big titles, and in addition to that, you need really fast internet to be more widespread. You know, you need really fast internet to be more widespread. You need fiber to be like citywide in big big cities and big big hubs. Because if not, people will try it and be like, yeah, it's all right. It got, a little, it got a little laggy, you know. It doesn't feel that great. Because the big thing that's going to hurt xCloud, you know, becoming becoming more popular. People have said that it runs well. People have said, hey, I played the beta. It's actually not that bad, right? But most of the people that are going to try it are going to try it over the air. They're not going to try it on an Ethernet connection. You see, like, if you try it Wi-Fi, that is going to be, like, that's going to be a big determiner of, like, what your opinion of it is. How good's your Wi-Fi? Are you in your living room and your Wi-Fi is in the basement? You know, are you at a Starbucks? Are you at a McDonald's and the Wi-Fi is not that great? Well, that's going to affect your judgment. You're going to say, well, this wasn't very good. So even the people sampling it are going to be sampling it in an environment where it's kind of set up to fail. You know, console wares are pointless. Yeah, wares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're pointless. Thanks, game. The moment graphics pixelated during a cutscene or a button press was dropped, it'd be the end of it for me. Right. Or you can use it as lower resolution across the network without really losing fidelity. Nvidia seems to be maybe testing that with video conferencing, but if they can apply it to gaming, they might be on to something. 5G or next-gen Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Question. Oh, yeah, you gotta put exclamation point before it. ISPs will be very sluggish on expanding the network. Yeah, it's so... 
Yeah, yeah. It's so archaic and outdated. Like you go into neighborhoods, they're oversold. It's just you know, it, it doesn't work. You go into these neighborhoods and it's like they're, 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 it's old copper lines. If if they could get fiber, there's apparently like a five year build order for fiber in my city in Louisville, and um, the frustration and the struggle. Yeah, I'll be playing Deathloop tomorrow. The frustration and the struggle is like the company looks at it and says this is incredibly expensive and we're not going to be able to charge people more all the market research points to the fact that like people aren't going to switch and pay exorbitant amount you know more money so how are you going to recoup all this cost how are you going to recoup this build cost that's when you'd have to go you know hat in hand to the government and say why don't you give us a grant to, to do this this will be better for the 20 the 20 year long you know economic structure of the city somebody had to make a case to the, to, the, to to government to allocate funds for it to say we think this is worth investing in it's going to be better for the city your infrastructure is going to flourish like you're going to you, you know businesses will be able to use it for different things and you know the consumers will be you know attracted people will be attracted to move into into more expensive housing into better neighborhoods and like that, and I don't even know if you could make that case because internet's so standard now everywhere. You know what I mean? They were paid and they never did it. Yeah, that is true. That is true. That did happen in some cases. They were paid to do it and they didn't do it. That's kind of frustrating. That's like, wait a minute. Can we get that money back? <laughs> Can we get that money back? I'm not a member. The question command works without being a, a, a member. You have to put the exclamation point in front of the command. You know? They don't care for quality of life improvements. No, it's too expensive. They're going to do what's economically feasible, not what, like, sounds, oh, it's going to be great for the quality of life of the people. <laughs> the people, they don't care about that. Is it economically feasible? You know? Ashen says, do you think PC is already or will be dragged into the console war? I don't think so because I don't think P- I don't think people think of PC in that way. PC is one of two things for the consumer. It's either too too complicated, expensive, whatever the reason is. It's too something for a lot of consumers. It's too complicated, it's too expensive, it's too much of a hassle. It's too much of an inconvenience. You big old tower, you know, it, it's too something. So a large portion of the gaming community, not the majority, but mind you, like the majority, the, the gaming community is getting swallowed. Like PC gamers are growing at a rapid rate, right? But I do think you bra- it breaks down into two categories. We're like, it's too something. It's too whatever. Now, if they don't think that, they're just like, it just isn't for me. I don't want to play there. I, I like my PlayStation. So brand loyalty is keeping people from doing the, you know, it is keeping people from doing PC. But I also think a lot of it is just like, somebody has like a two. That's eh, two this, it's two that. And that's their reason for never going over to PC. Now, since Microsoft is expanding to the point where they will start to say the Microsoft ecosystem, wherever it lives, whether you play on an Xbox or a Series X, or a PC, you're on our ecosystem. Well, then obviously that ropes in the PC world, but not in the way that we think of it now. It'll be the Microsoft 
platform. So you'll still view it as a Microsoft versus Sony thing. You know? Will God of War be on PC? Eventually, yes. It's one of the rumored titles to be getting a PC port. I would imagine they're going to time the first God of War coming to PC with Ragnarok. They'll try and time it. Like, they'll do it a couple months before or something. Horizon Zero Dawn happened way earlier, but then, because when they announced the delay, what did they do? Well, they pushed out an update to make Horizon Zero Dawn run better on PS5. So, that to me shows that commitment of like, they've already pushed out the update to God of War. I would imagine if the rumors are true, Ghost of Tsushima and God of War are some of the rumored titles to be coming to PC. We know that Days Gone is already on PC. We know from an internal document that Sony wants Uncharted 4 to be on PC. I think it stands to reason that you would take God of War and you would port it to PC two months before the Ragnarok release, if you can time it like that. So then, like, everybody's searching God of War and thinking about God of War, and then you start your marketing campaign ramp up. Maybe you have some character trailers. Maybe you have some story trailers. Maybe you have, I don't know, whatever you've got, you're going to load it in, and after you push out that PC port and all those people fall in love with God of War, then you start ramping up and marketing Ragnarok. And then, you know, because you give people like a month or so to get the PC port and then play it. And then you start marketing for Ragnarok. So hopefully then thinking like maybe people really liked it enough to get it and then they'll want to get a PS5 or they'll try to get a PS4 and they'll try to play the game on console because, you know, they played it on PC. Most of the people that play it on PC are not going to buy it for PS4, but, you know, but they might try and get a PS5. You're trying to build your fan base is what they're doing. They're not bringing Uncharted to PC or Days Gone or God of War or Ghost of Tsushima. They're not bringing these games to PC because they like like the, the PCs. No, they're trying to make money and grow their fan base because I think they're hoping there's a percentage of people that will buy these games on PC and then be like, dude, I, I, gotta, I gotta get my hands on a PS5 now. I can't wait some undetermined amount of time to play God of War Ragnarok. You know, people people aren't going to wait that long. Next seven years at least, they ban them from imposing caps. Oh, that's right. Uncharted's done. Okay, the movie then, Eugene. They're planning that port because then they'll start marketing the movie, I'm assuming, you know. So that'll be... It, I don't think you're bringing those games to PC without a very, very clear and connected reason. The movie, right? Now, it could be that they just want to grow their presence on PC so that PC fans get to spend money on their games and then suddenly people are like, man, Sony Studios has amazing titles. I'm always going to make sure and check out their games when they come to PC and buy them. So they're making money off of you even if you never buy their console. But there are going to be a percentage of people that are like, dude, I got to get my hands on a PS5 now. I've got to, you know port is confirmed oh I know the Uncharted 4 port is confirmed that was on that one document where like they said they wanted games to come to PC and they had Days Gone listed like right alongside of uh, Uncharted 4 I can't be bothered to deal with PC troubleshooting says Sid much rather the convenience of a console right so much news from last week you looked over it 
Well, they, so did they? So they? I know they said that it was coming, and then and but they did. They said 2022. So they just threw out a rant. They just threw out a generic date. It was in the presentation. Yeah, this morning somebody said that it's that. It's both Uncharted Four and the the spinoff one with the with the two with the two women. Play Horizon Zero Dawn when it came to PC, and even though I like the game, it didn't make me want to go out and buy a PS5. No, but you'll still be feeling a certain kind of way when Horizon Forbidden West lands. You'll still be feeling a certain kind of way when Horizon Forbidden West eventually lands on PC, right? You'll go buy it. First look at the Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy remasters. It's called Legacy of Thieves Collection. Nice. Okay, there was a literal trailer for it. Or, no, maybe not trailer. A first look at it. Um, people always talk about PC troubleshooting like you need to do uh, in-flight rockets calculations well Wheezy you and I both know that every game you're kind of holding your breath right every game like when I played Days Gone on PC I was holding my breath am I going to have performance issues is there going to be stuttering? Is there going to be hitching? Like, am I going to have to update my drivers? Is it going to run bad for a while? You know what I mean? Usually, you don't have any of those fears when you install a game. Like, when, when people install Days Gone on their PS5, they're not like, oh man, I don't know. It might run bad. <laughs> it might have performance issues. You know. And troubleshooting can be frustrating. Like, when Outriders came out, a lot of us playing on PC... And this is not this is not normal, but it's common. I would say it is common. I gotta I gotta mess with all this crap. Well, turn that off. Well, turn this off. Well, well, let's try it with this. You know, I got so tired of doing that with No Man's Sky. I just literally lowered. It's it's gonna it's gonna hurt your heart to hear this. That really really nice LG monitor that you guys sent me, super high tech monitor. I have it set to sixty hertz. Because it just makes everything so much easier for capture. Because all these games try to run at 120, but then like it looks terrible on the capture card. Even though the capture card's doing 120 pass through, not every game, not, it doesn't work for every game. It ends up looking like garbage. Now, obviously, I'm in a unique scenario. I'm capturing and streaming. I got just, I got so tired of it. I got so tired of it. I was like, that's fine. I'll just play everything at 60. Like, I'd rather I'd rather the stream look good, you know. I hate booting up every game and being like, "Oh, I'm getting bad capture." Yeah, I'm gonna fiddle with this, fiddle with that, restart the game, change this, clickety clack, blip blip blip. No, just I set everything to sixty now. I don't have to think about it. I look up, and I'm like, "Yep, looks good," and I just start playing. Out of sight, out of mind. Until they come up with technology that allows me to do it, you know, I just don't feel like messing with it. It's irritating. When we were young, we could still fix it, but in our 40s, we don't care anymore. Buy a console, that's the fix. Sixty doesn't give you a headache after playing 120? No, no. 60 looks fine. No. Games I'm playing on my television are running at 60 most of the time, you know. A lot of games are are optimized for 60 anyway, so when you push them to 120, a lot of games even perform kind of funky. Side scrollers, especially, they're just like 
Side scrollers and top downs usually have great performance at 60, and when you go beyond that, it just gets kind of weird. Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. We got much more stable performance out of it when we capped at the 60, you know? That's just the reality. It's it, it a lot of the animations, a lot of the builds, a lot of the stuff they come up with, you know, that's that's the route that a lot of the dev- the, the devs take. They're just like, ah, eh. You know, they'll let you go to 120. They will. You know what I mean? They'll let you. They'll let you go to 120, but they don't really build the game for 120. You know. Uh, Ashen says, "Do things like Game Pass go against games as service games? Game Pass sounds amazing for games that don't demand your constant attention. Otherwise, it sounds like a squeeze, not predatory. So, do Game Pass? Oh, does it go against things like game as service games?" Game Pass sounds amazing for games that don't demand your constant attention. No, I still think it's a great value. Right? I still think it's a great value. Because if a game as service game drops and you get to play it on Game Pass and you play it for, you know, you know it's at least there for a month. So you play it off and on for a month. And you decide that it's a great game. And then it gets kicked off a Game Pass... Now you can purchase that game with the greatest amount of consumer confidence that you could possibly have. The consumer who knows what they're buying, right? You're going back for more. It's your favorite restaurant, like, or it's a sequel to a game, like whatever it is. Like you have, you have taste and seen. You're like, this game is great. You're buying it with more confidence than if it wasn't on Game Pass. So, like, I don't think it's a squeeze to be like. Yeah, it's on Game Pass, and then it eventually won't be on Game Pass, and now that you're hooked, you feel like you've got to go spend money. I look at it from the other end of the spectrum. You got to try the game out for literally zero dollars, and if it was bad, and you walk away from it, they just saved you money, you know? It is a different philosophy. If a game runs like crap on console, there's pretty much nothing you can do. At the same time, Having so many different workarounds can lead to hours of tinkering. On console, you just accept it for what it is. I'm never going to act like PC gaming is a headache, but where do I run into all my problems? Where, if, if I add up the last 10 games that have given me performance issues at launch, and I've had to tinker and fiddle and change settings to get them to run well, ignore the fact that I'm capturing. Just the game itself. It's on PC. Uh, ignore the ignore the capture issue until I dropped everything to 60 no man's sky was hitching and snagging and freezing doesn't do that if you play on it doesn't do that when I play on console you know what I mean only happens on PC why well it's probably not you you can't expect it to be optimized for my PC it you know they build a game runs on systems and it'll run you know better or worse, depending on the hardware and how it interacts with the game and how it's been optimized for your hardware. You know, maybe you got to update the drivers. Maybe you got to roll back the drivers. You know, that happens too. I'm never going to sit here and poo-poo the PC platform, but man, there is just something really simplistic about booting up on a console. You know, it just there's something nice about that. I don't have to think about anything. You know, and if something ain't working right, you leave the feedback, you leave the review, you know, you check and see, are they patching it? 
with Windows randomly updating with different drivers. Yeah, there's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole world there that I get so tired of fiddling with. The only reason I buy games on Steam when I play them for you guys, like to sample them, the only reason I buy them on Steam is because of their return policy. If I play it for an hour and a half and I'm like, this, is, this game is crap, then I get my money back. Now, a lot of the times, if I only play the game for an hour to an hour and a half, and I really enjoyed my time, maybe I just do a quick 30-minute with it. I don't return it and get my money back. Why? Because that's not on them. My schedule is not their responsibility. They made a great game. I think it's a good game. They get to keep my money. But if I play a game for a quick 30-minute video for you guys, or an hour to an hour and a half, and I end it, and I'm like, yeah, this is no good. I know I can get my money back. And I have every right to do that. It's like, yeah, I played it tried your product thoroughly enough to conclude that I don't like it I should be able to get my money back you know on the other platforms it just is not the case you know the, you're not in a position to try to you know get a return going it's just you can do it but it's not nearly as simplistic I've never been denied a return on Steam never like the shark game Right, like the shark game, like, I know probably got better, but if I play your game and in the first 30 minutes I encounter weird bugs, glitches, and frustration, I don't owe you my time. I'm done. I'm walking away. Oh, but it gets better. It was a bug. That's fine. That's fine. time Time is an invaluable currency, and I can't afford to spend it on a game that has problems right out of the gate. You know what I mean? Largest video game market in the world is PC and mobile dominated. You're silly if you think consoles are going to kill PC. No, I don't think consoles are going to do anything to PC. If anything, I think that's why Microsoft is attempting to live in both worlds. I do. And what Wheezy is saying, you think Sony's putting games on PC because only the console will thrive? Yeah. They're putting it on PC because they're like, there's an enormous market over there. You're going to pay some company to port Days Gone. And you're going to make back that money and more. And then people are going to become accustomed to the fact that like, hey, Sony Studios has a, has a, has a storefront. Make sure and check that regularly. You know, when Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection hits or when, you know, when God of War, I think God of War and Ghost of Tsushima are going to hit when they finally hit. Well, that's good for everybody. The devs get more money. Sony gets more money. Like, instead of being like, no, nah, yeah, you know, I played over here. And when they wait that long, it doesn't hurt the demand for the console. It's like, well, yeah, what are you going to do? You're, you, you, you're going to wait that long for every PlayStation title? If you're a diehard PC fan, sure. But the console market's not going to suddenly decide, oh, we don't need to buy a PlayStation. I'll just wait a year and a half to two years to play all their games on PC. Nobody's doing that. No. Guys, make sure I'm drinking today some Rageless Roast Select Sample sample Flavors. Make sure and get your Rageless Orders in if you haven't ordered any. Dark and Light Roast are available. A lot of times people buy one of each. The reason that people like it so much is because of the balanced acidity. It makes it incredibly drinkable and smooth. Uh, you can use the coffee command or go to RageousRoast.com. Also, every day I'm wearing a shirt from 80s Tees. This is a classic Excite Bike. I figured I would wear that for a console war discussion. And then the disc plates on the wall behind me are really nice metal like plate posters you can order. You can use the display command, sure command. Any of the commands down in the corner supports me directly. We appreciate all of you that have been doing that. 
a little bit of a lighter day mainly because there wasn't really any breaking news so we decided to go more opinion but if you could smash the like button if we get 40 more likes we'll have 400 likes make sure and take the poll in chat and uh if you haven't said anything in chat yet you know come out alert say good morning and uh that get get that good morning energy in chat going kind of rejuvenate what we're doing here throw your opinion in why you chose playstation or xbox over the other in the poll um echo hammer with a question this is sven off topic but what are you hoping the wolverine game plays like personally i'm hoping for basically god of war but wolverine themed i need it to feel like god of war and days gone had a baby i that's what i want if they set their sights on that if i'm riding around on a motorcycle and you have kind of this open world there's bars there's gangs there's villains there's whatever and i'm riding around on my motorcycle as wolverine and it sort of feels like god of war in the combat like it kind of gets in close you know kind of behind your character and you have all these different abilities that you're unlocking and ways to fight yeah i'm all about it especially if it's visceral it needs to just be visceral and violent and it's getting a mature rating so we'll probably get our wish i am not i don't like gratuitous violence like just violence over the top but you you need it with wolverine to properly communicate like what he's doing to people you know it's one thing in a game where you know you're using you're using like guns or futuristic weapons or you know even a sword like a samurai sword or whatever it's different when you're literally taking adamantium claws and slicing through people yeah it's been it's been verified that it will get a mature rating yes there's no release date no on on wolverine no you're hoping for co-op i don't think those kind of games work for co-op a lot of people were speculating since they saw miles morales and peter uh parker fighting together um in the spider-man trailer like oh is it going to be co-op i don't think so i think there'll be times where you fight interchangeably as both peter and miles the way they did it with like batman and harley or batman and catwoman in the batman games but i don't think you're going to like boot up spider-man and play with another uh, another buddy right i don't think so that that to me that that to me doesn't i don't i don't think that's how they're going to do it right uh according here wolverine creative director confirms it'll be a full size full size game with a mature tone they also confirmed the mature rating as well they didn't just say mature tone there was another article that said it would be receiving a mature rating that's a tweet i saw an article that said no it's getting a mature rating I don't know how you would... It wouldn't work. Even that trailer is close to a mature rating. It's real close. You're in a bar. Dudes are busted up and bleeding everywhere. That's not... You You. you go any further than that and you're not in a teen game. If you show what he did to the people, right? Oh, we got to update that. That's wrong. Hang on. The 80s... We need 80s video games. Let me give you the video games command. This comes from their video game collection. Um, I'm not in the habit of, uh, I should be in the habit of updating the command. Uh, here we go. Let's see. Excite bike. Lono's wearing an excite bike shirt. Yeah. We wore Wolverine last week. Okay. 
Now, if you use the shirt command, it'll take you to the video game collection. So, would be more would be interesting if they put co-op uh, adventures. I could see that, like little side missions and stuff, because you gotta build them specifically for co-op. There was a mission in one of the Batman games where Robin was with you, and you were sneaking around and like going and swooping to different spots up above and Robin kept getting in my way. It was it was it was just cramped enough and just stealthy enough that I was like this isn't working. This doesn't feel right. We we keep we keep getting in each other's way. We're we're stepping on each other's toes. You have to confirm your 18 plus uh and don't website on the website to even view it. Oh, on Sony. Okay. Well, there you go. I don't know if you're just trying to be obtuse or if you really are, you're projecting for no reason and you're making assumptions that are clearly unfound. What's he saying? Thank you. I try to be cute all the time. Although I think that spending too much on a PC no longer pays off compared to console. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You know what I mean? I had both the 360 and the PS3, but mostly used the 360 because it's where my friends were and Xbox Live was better than PSN. Oh, oh my gosh. When we had to do anything on PSN, right? I it, I hated it. It was awful. Trying to get into a party was awful. Trying to play together was awful. The audio codecs were awful. Ugh. Sounds like you had an actual Batman experience then. Stepping on each other's toes is basically canon. <laughs> Right, but you don't want to have that experience in a co-op game. I remember yelling at my siblings when we would play Gauntlet. Four-player Gauntlet on the regular Nintendo. We had the thing where you could plug in four controllers. Right? I remember yelling at each other, Move! Come over here! No, you come over here! You know what I mean? What if Spider-Man plays more like God of War? You can command the second player, aka Miles and controller Peter Parker. I wouldn't want it to be like that. I don't want to turn Miles into like a second fiddle sidekick. Miles is his own his own hero. He's his own man. I think you I bet you you're going to swap between playing as both of them for certain missions. For goodness sakes, they had you playing as a as the girl in the last one like sneaking around taking pictures, right? Anyone telling me I need to live and learn more when you're absolutely uh, about me trying to project some crap about knowing the first thing about me. Yeah, I don't know why you'd be saying they live and learn more. That's kind of that's like a passive swipe. I played Gauntlet uh, in '64. Then yeah, the Nintendo '64 Gauntlet was really really fun. It was really really fun. You either Bluetooth, which was groundbreaking at the time, or you had a long USB mic. PS3 controller didn't have a mic port. PS4 parties were terrible. The audio so. The PlayStation 4 shipped with an earbud. So your ear is here, and then the mic's down here. So the default, like, mic sensitivity on the PlayStation was awful. Somebody would get, like, an actual headset, and they'd be loud and echoey, and you could literally hear somebody in the, the other room talking, right? Somebody in the other room would be like, Hey, we got to go to the store. And it would be like they were right there in your ear. Well, why? Well, the default audio setup was like, oh, you're using an earbud with a microphone that's 
six inches from your mouth instead of one inch from your mouth. There's a giant difference. That was all fixed by settings? Right, and what it meant was every time you got in a party, you had to walk people through that. Like, bro, your mic is ridiculous. I can literally hear your mom washing the dishes in the other room. You gotta go into the settings and you gotta turn that down. That That is a dadgum headache every single time. You know? I oh, it drove me nuts. Drove me bananas. The better your mic, the worse you sound on PS4. Yeah, you had to go in and turn down the sensitivity and it made all the difference in the world. As soon as they would turn down the sensitivity, it fixed everything. It fixed everything. I don't know why they never did that. Like, just install an update to where when you plug a microphone in, it would be like, kaplunk. It looks like you're using, you know, a third-party headset. Please say the following sentence, and we will adjust your mic sensitivity according to how loud your voice is coming in. And you'd read the sentence. Hey, guys, I'm glad to be playing with you. I'm heading over to the other side of the map. And it would sit there and read your your microphone. It would measure the sound in the room, and it would adjust sensitivity accordingly. That might be too elaborate, but my gosh, was it a headache. Like, if you're going to play with anybody on Sony, you knew there was going to be 10 minutes of, hey, buddy, you're echoing. Nope, yep, you're still echoing. Nope, you're still, nope, yep, yep, still happening. Yeah, still happening, still echoing. It was awful. It was awful. And then you'd think you'd fixed it and you'd play for like five minutes and it would start happening again. <laughs> oh, man. Turtle Me- Turtle Beach makes a great little mono open ear mic and I love it. Turtle Beach, for whatever reason, were always the biggest culprits of Echo. If they were on Astro, we didn't have the problem. But the Echo was always Turtle Beach. I think it was because it just let you turn them up. You could turn them up so loud that it somehow would loop back through what people were saying through the microphone. So I'd be like, oh my gosh, guys, go left, go left. And it would echo back through. And I would always be like, you have to turn the volume on the headset down. You have to. If you don't, I'm going to hear myself back every single time I say anything. I don't know. It was like they they pushed. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know why it happened, but it was infuriating. It was like every time you said anything, it would loop it back. It would loop it back through. Arctis worked well with PS4 also, but we also switched to Discord regardless. Oh, that when we switched started switching to Discord, that was a freaking dream come true. Oh my gosh. It was so much better. It was like, oh yeah, just switch to Discord. Gee many Christmas. It was light years better. Um, we got a question here from Ratchet. Do you think Miles will replace Mary Jane so that if you get caught you can fight? Yeah, I, I, there's a part of me that feels like they're going to do that. Like, you're going to be switching between Miles and Peter the entire time, and then eventually what they're going to do is Peter is going to is gonna get kidnapped, or Peter is going to uh, get the symbiote, and then you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to play as Peter, right? You're going to have to play as Miles to, like, rescue him or something. Um... You know, maybe, maybe even, uh, maybe even like fight against a symbiote version of Peter, you know, or the console's party chat features were just replaced with discord. They were looking at doing that for a while. Weren't they like integrating right into the platform? Is it wasn't, I think Sony, Sony and discord are working on that. I thought, 
it's not going to happen anytime soon but I thought they made that announcement and they said yeah long term that's the goal it's just going to take a couple of years my husband and I have two consoles that sit next to each other anytime we do raids we usually have to mute him because I could hear him next to me and then a few seconds later in the headset yeah 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 yeah, you just mute him. That's right. You for yourself mute him. That's that's the best that's the best approach to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are expected 2022. Yeah. How's there 689 votes in the poll but 334 watching the stream? You can vote twice or something. I've been streaming for two and a half hours and so there's been more than 330 people here throughout the morning. The stream has been viewed we're probably closing in on 2,000 views. It's been a really light day compared to Friday. That'll happen when we don't have like a hot news item. So there's been roughly, you know, anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 people that have been here for a handful of minutes or longer. And so that's why there's that many votes on the poll. The poll usually comes close to about 1,000 votes, but that's not indicative of the average viewership. Average viewership today is lower than Friday. Friday was higher than Thursday. It's all topic related. Um, is it a hot topic? Is it a big topic? Did something just happen? You know, did YouTube give us love or did YouTube did YouTube not give us love? There's so many intangibles. So the vote the vote total is never going to be a, a, a picture of the viewership. It's going to be a picture of how many people came through and clicked. So if you haven't voted yet and you're watching, be sure to vote in the poll in the chat. Uh, whether you click like or chat or vote, all of those things help. All of those things help. Um, yeah, YouTube really hurt us. I felt like we were on a pretty steady, healthy climb, and then we had like back to back. We were only live for like 24 minutes. We had a bunch of problems, so we that 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 didn't help us. That always hurts. Because then the algorithm like measure, looks at the channels like what's going on over there. Well, it's not on us but they look at the numbers and think people are leaving. They weren't leaving, they were just refreshing. So, cuz we were um, we were hopping in just servers. I think because YouTube is um I think because YouTube is investing in the streaming side of things, we're probably going to have more days like today where weird things happen and I get bounced from an ingest server, you know what I mean? Um so Ratchet says, if I watch 10 rings, no, I've not gotten a chance to watch it. No, I don't think you got to see that in theaters right now. Don't you? Um, I started ghost. My opinion so far is, um, wow. Are you, you're playing it on a PS five. I pray that you're playing it on a PS five. Zubair. Um, after subscribing to you, I've been getting recommended videos from a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because Stutzo, it's like, oh, you like this guy. Here's some of his greatest hits. That's why they're doing that. If you went and subscribed to a guy who three years ago was doing gardening videos, but you subscribed to him because now he's doing, um, I don't know, lawn care instead, and you really love his lawn care videos, you're going to start getting suggested those videos, even though you don't, you don't want, you don't care about them. And they're like, well, there's some of his greatest hits. He's got a video on how to grow amazing tomatoes. And you're like, I don't have a vegetable garden. I have a very, very nice lawn with hedges and bushes and his lawn care stuff's fantastic. But you're not interested in the vegetable stuff. They're going to offer them to you. Right? Other YouTube streams I watch have the same problems. Yeah. They're probably just making updates to the background maintenance. Um, They got to make sure, like, I'm anticipating a Nick Merck's announcement very, very soon. And I think if that happens, 
um, they need to be prepared. Like when all those guys stream together, like they got to make sure the ingest servers can hold it and maintain it. You know, Agent Atwood said it's been confirmed that the game is single player. Article and live stream Discord gaming news. Which would you have preferred, single player or co-op? Yeah, I don't know why that command's not working in there. I don't think you can use the Q command in Discord. Maybe. Might have used question. Um, um, I, I, I think those games are best single player, Agent Atwood. And historically, I always loved co-op. Like, I love playing split screen. I love co-op games with my wife. And there really aren't any great co-op games right now. Like, we're playing Overcooked 2. And we're getting near the end. And I've been looking for a new game for her and I to play. You know, um, you've done both. Well, it looks like you did Q twice, back to back. Um, I don't know. I, I just see Q twice. Sven used Q just fine. I don't know. He used it just fine in another room. Nightbot might be just having some problems. Um, it was definitely mind blowing to see your luxurious locks. Oh yeah, the old videos. Like my hair's long. That's right. If Nick coming over, Amazon making another live stream platform. You think the writing's on the wall? for purple i saw a really interesting take on this there was an article about this and they said that basically purple started lowballing their biggest talent because they think they're the king there was there was literally a quote from staff on that platform somebody that works for purple and they basically said the streaming war is over we won and i just laughed <laughs> you think it's over you think that was all it took? A couple of, you know, five years of dominance, right? I don't, yeah. What do you, what do you, you know what I mean? What do you mean? You think it's over? It, it, that, it, it, that, that fast, you know? Nobody, nobody else can come in and start to, and start to, to dominate this landscape. Not even one of the largest, like, platforms in existence. Okay. Well, we'll put your claim to the test. <laughs> Like, if Purple thinks the war for Streaming King has already been won, we will put that theory to the test. We'll start buying all your biggest streamers and we'll see how well your top heavy platform does. We'll see. Talk, we'll talk to you in three or four years after, after monsoon sizes of, of communities have moved. You know? Um, when this guy says they might be canceling Prime subs, are you serious? Where did he hear that? Sounds like the case of the tortoise and the hare. That's right. That's right. Can't wait till they lose Nick and Summit. Yeah, if they lose Nick and Summit, yeah, that's big. That's big. You're talking about massive audience movement. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of money, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm Like I said, I'm like Michael. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I don't think they're dying. I don't think they're dying by any stretch. No, no. I, but I think I, I don't think they'll be king. I, I don't think they're going to stay. I don't. If they think they're king, pride comes before a fall, my friend. You know, if you think the war is already over and you're king, you don't understand how the technology world works. Like you can get unseated. You know, in the technology realm specifically, you can get unseated, right? This guy's in bed with NFL stuff. NFL is purple. NFL does stuff with YouTube, though. They're not ex- NFL is not exclusive to, to doing stuff with purple. Don't they? They do plenty of stuff with YouTube, don't they? NFL YouTube. 
NFL has a channel on YouTube. Uh, you can do NFL Red Zone prices on Hulu and YouTube TV Live. Um, yeah, yeah. Their, their YouTube TV free trial to watch NFL online. Yeah, 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 yeah. NFL is not exclusive by any in, in any respect to Purple at all, right? Tim was in there with the NFL too. That's right. YouTube TV has a massive deal with the NFL and the MLB and the NBA. Yeah, that won't be a barrier for Nick coming over. Not at all. No. They're saying the NFL Sunday ticket will be on Amazon Prime. If see what I'm saying. If Amazon starts taking stuff that used to land on Purple, because like the NFL stuff, right? Those Thursday night things that they were trying over there on Purple. Amazon may have done that purely as an experiment, and now they're going to start throwing stuff on Amazon. What are they doing? They're siphoning off some of the best features Purple had. Well, now it's called Amazon Gaming. Well, now NFL Sunday Ticket, yeah, it's over here. Hulu has Red Zone. You, it's, I, I'm pretty sure from what I just read, you can get Red Zone on Hulu or YouTube. YouTube TV. There are two places you can get Red Zone. I mean, I just did a quick Google search, so it could be an old article. YouTube has NFL like a cable provider? Yeah, but I mean, again, that's that, that right there is... I don't know. It doesn't have the purple type stuff. Is the purple type stuff still happening, though? Because somebody just said NFL Sunday Ticket is going to be an Amazon Prime. That ain't purple. That's a shift. That's a difference. Are they still putting those Thursday night games over there on purple? Is that still happening? Red Zone and League Pass are available through almost any provider. I don't know where this exclusivity idea comes from. Yeah, if anything, Amazon might have been experimenting with doing games on purple because they wanted to go after the Sunday ticket. They wanted to see, okay, what's this look like? What's the viewership look like? Okay, okay, cool. Now we're going to put Sunday ticket on our platform. You know, I work for a major television company and seeing all these companies take NFL or major sports is funny. These deals have terrible ROI and are bad for consumers. Oh, really? Like Sunday ticket would be free with prime. A million dudes who move to a different city would buy prime immediately. They would, they would Thursday night games are on my prime. Really? NFL because the NFL just started they have a channel on purple I'm going to go to news you can watch it for free crack streams and buff streams daily that was a day ago Uh, watch reddit NFL streaming for free watch NFL Chiefs versus the Browns for free Uh, so yeah they're still putting games over there it looks like yeah that doesn't mean they're in any kind of an exclusivity deal that would limit Nick from coming over though Sunday Ticket was a DirecTV exclusive. It's not going to be free with Prime. I would imagine it's something you buy and get a discount with if you have Prime or something. You know, maybe. Just announced the 2020 NFL uh, schedule for Prime Video and Purple. That's the 2020 schedule. Right? That's old. That's from November 30th of 2020. Or is that how they would phrase it for this year? Is that how they would phrase it for this year? The 2020 schedule? That's a November that's a November article from last year. That's that's two months shy of being a year old, that article wheeze. Amazon bought the Thursday games in the latest rights package. 
if they buy the if they buy it and put it on both, then okay, here's one. NFL extends Amazon's Thursday night football deal for three years. You can watch them exclusively on Amazon and Purple. So see, yeah, I don't I don't think Amazon, yeah, that's not gonna restrict Nick in any way. Because if it's on Amazon and Purple, that's that's because they're paying that much money, they're gonna put it as in as many places as they can get ROI on it. That's the only reason they're doing that. It's not because like the NFL has like some great amazing deal in relationship with Purple that's gonna be like a barrier for for you know Nick coming over. Amazon likely front runner for the multi year NFL Sunday ticket deal. Right. And then they'll put it in both places because they're gonna try and maximize their ROI on it, right? Epic turns a win into a loss. Last week, a court handed Apple da 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 da. While looking at, if you're interested in speaking with this guy, no, it's okay. Um, Tim was asked point blank about his ability to do the NFL games with Nick, and he said he doesn't know right now. Okay, okay, yeah. Well, no, no, no. That, that sure. That could be a barrier because Tim would have to renegotiate that contract, and YouTube might it might be a different avenue because they're like, well, you're not you're not over here anymore, right? That was an all-in-one deal. Amazon Amazon may have negotiated that, right? They negotiated it, and then they said we'll handpick some of our streamers to be a part of some events and stuff as part of the deal. Well, now you know Tim Tim might not be able to be a part of that, but the fact that. NFL is also doing stuff with YouTube as like a cable provider. There could still be deals there that are struck where he could say, "Hey, I want to cover these games." You know, Tim would want to cover what cowboy games or whatever. Like that would that that's still a possibility, right? YouTube is forcing the popular rhythm Discord music bot offline. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that uh, last week. I'd never even heard of whatever that is before I saw that article. Yeah. Yeah. He's not banned, so this should be okay. The issue with Dr. D is that he was banned. Well, and that's different. That's a purple TOS thing that was restricting purple purple streamers. That was purple TOS specifically saying, we don't want you playing with a banned streamer. That's not the same as the NFL being like, oh, you switched where you stream. Like, they don't care. Because... If the, if the games are on YouTube, that opens the door for a rights agreement. If they weren't here at all, then yeah, that'd be, you, would, you wouldn't be able to pull that off. You wouldn't be able to pull that off. But the fact that the NFL actively broadcasts on YouTube opens the door between YouTube, Google, and the NFL to negotiate like, oh, hey, we got streamers over here that want to do these cool things with your NFL games, and their audiences are massive. I would imagine that they would want to keep working with Tim. He's not allowed to broadcast NFL games anymore. According to you, that could be a deal that gets brokered in the background. Who knows? Like the NFL could broker that deal and say, YouTube could say, look, look, he's coming over here. Look at his reach. Look at his audience. Look at his sub base. You know, let's, let's have a conversation here. Maybe not this season, maybe next season, you know? If you think if you think that's going to turn the tide, I got news for you. <laughs> the NFL and the demand and the viewership and the and the pull is not what it once was. That isn't going to help turn the tide. 
If YouTube continues to snipe big talent because Purple got 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 a big ego and thought we're going to start lowballing big talent because we're king. As they quoted the, the staff member, we won the war. It's over. I don't think it is over. I really don't think so. And I don't think the NFL is going to turn the tide. I really don't. I don't I don't think so. I think what's going to turn the tide is where the audiences go. Like if if the audience moves with the big with the big big streamers, right? Then that hurts that platform because they're so top heavy. They're way too top heavy to keep losing big talent. I think they thought no one would ever dream leave because we're king. And now that people are leaving, it's like Pikachu face, like surprise Pikachu face, like, oh wait, people are actually leaving? In light of them, in light of the news report coming out and saying they were lowballing big talent because they thought they were king, why do you, so Nick Merck said he signed the biggest contract of his life. And then when he was asked if he's staying on purple, he's like, I can't say. If he signed the biggest contract of his life with Purple, that's contrary to what's coming out about how Purple was lowballing guys. And if he had signed the contract to stay with Purple, and people ask him if he's staying with Purple, he'd be like, yeah, this is home, baby. I'm not going anywhere. He wouldn't have said, I can't say. And then he follows it up by like, whatever happens, you know, I love you guys. doesn't matter where we end up. You wouldn't answer the question that way if you were staying. No. And you certainly wouldn't say I signed the biggest contract of my life if Purple's out here lowballing people. They're lowballing Tim, Lupo. No, uh-uh. He, him and a bunch of others are gone. Now that's just the beginning. I don't think you're going to see anybody else leave without a contract. I've said that many, many times. I wouldn't have. If I was still over there, I wouldn't live without a contract. Heck, no, no way. No way. The money's too good. Money, the money is so easy. It's easy street, dude. It's easy street. Nobody with a paying sub base over there of 700 or above is moving. No way. If the money's too easy, it's too good. It's too consistent. Yo, what's good, Sorcerer of Havoc? The best way to consume sports is with wings and beer. I'm sorry, what were we talking about? <laughs> I can't believe what caused the terrible as it governed the music industry came from a rock cover of the Mission Impossible theme song. (laughs) Uh, I remember when this guy said he'd never leave, but who knows? Yeah. You have to understand something, man. If, if, If you're thinking about your family, if you're thinking about your family's future, that's, you have no, you have no loyalty to that platform. It's really hard to stay loyal to that platform because it's not doing anything for you these days. It isn't. If they're lowballing people on contracts, inconsistent, inconsistent enforcement of TOS, giant favoritism to women like that break the rules, just rampant, rampant favoritism, background nonsense. You don't want to stay there if you don't have to. If they're if that it, getting lowballed on a contract is the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's like, man, y'all are just messing up over here. What are y'all doing? And then you lowball them on a contract, and then YouTube's offer is like massively larger. You don't have any loyalty to that platform now. They 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 made it real easy not to have loyalty. Why would you stay? Why would you be loyal to them? Why why would you stay loyal? They're becoming a joke. The platform's a joke. It's 
massively understaffed, mismanaged, and ripe for investigation and 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 scandal. It just they're ripe for it, right? It's just gonna it's just a matter of time before that bomb explodes. You know what I'm saying? You think Purple would ever offer contracts to their biggest controversial streamers like XQC and it's not I, yeah, I have no idea. Losing them would be the bigger blow. Yeah, I mean YouTube would have to offer those guys, I mean, I you'd have to offer those guys. It'd have to be life changing. It'd have to be, you know, what they offered Tim. Or, or higher. It'd have to be what they offered Tim or higher. Life changing. You know. Tectonic. It would need to be tectonic. It would need to be just I'd be an idiot to not take this. This is literally gonna change my life. This is gonna this is gonna change my my relatives and my children's 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 lives. Like you know what I mean? You'd go back if they let you because of the money, kind of a double-edged sword. I don't know. I don't think I would go back. No, no, no. If they reinstated everything and I suddenly was partnered again and 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 they and they emailed everybody and gave them an opportunity to opt back into their paying members and I immediately had that income, the only way I would agree to that is if they allowed me to stream in both places. Because I would stream over there like once a week just to maintain it. You know what I mean? We'd throw a show of something over there. You know what I mean? We'd come up with some just super generic throwaway show and we would just do it over there to maintain it. I don't think I would. No, I would never do that. There would have to be. There would have to be. They they would. They would have to do things that they're never going to do. Public, public reparations. You know, and and a fat check. You know, that'd be the only way I'd ever even consider, like doing more than like yeah we'll stream over here once a week you know what I mean there'd be no reason over there yeah variety over there just gets absolutely squelched it just gets absolutely swallowed you can't do variety over there cross streams on both I don't know you can stream on both but not as a partner and partners that do stream on both get a, get a specific clause in their contract Basically, he plays this song in GTA roleplay called Empty Bed, and the artist said from him and a few other streams, his play rate went up like 10,000% on Spotify. That's what I mean. Like, I don't understand why you wouldn't be working with streamers. You know? It doesn't make any sense. If the music industry themselves is not the government, to my knowledge, yeah, the music industry is the ones that that won't that won't back off. Record labels right now, tomorrow, could broker deals with all of their artists to whitelist the music to be playable on all platforms. The record labels could do it in the blink of an eye. There's no law; they're not bound by a law. The law helps them enforce the the claim, but the law doesn't make them stay in that place. Yeah, I'll be playing Death Loop tomorrow. If they're spending uh, these insane amounts to get this talent, then they have to invest in the platform to make it worthwhile. There, there needs to be an entire launch of something. YouTube gaming needs to launch, like it needs to relaunch. That's why when all those guys had their their little their little commercial announcements and they ended with YouTube slash gaming, I was like, something's coming. You wouldn't draw attention to YouTube gaming again if in its current state unless you had plans to essentially relaunch it. It there would be, it'd be, it would make no sense. YouTube gaming in its current state is just, it's an awful page. It's, te- it's terrible. 
right? In its current state, you're not going to draw attention to it unless you have plans to relaunch it. You would have just drawn attention to those guys' channels. That's all you would do. YouTube.com slash Tim the Tatman. YouTube.com slash Dr. Lupo. You wouldn't draw attention to gaming unless you had plans for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't have anything to say about that situation, Viking. I don't I don't have any commentary. I don't have anything good or bad to say about it. I don't I don't I don't I wanna get I don't wanna get involved. Google drops apps and ideas like bad habits. Yeah, but this is different. I think this is different. I think this is a long game plan for something far bigger than like yeah, I think that's why they shut down YouTube gaming when they did. I think someone said, if we're going to play this game, if we're going to get guys like Courage and Hunter Thieves and, and we're going to start looking at growing this, you need to shut this down and rebuild it. It needs to be entirely needs to be entirely rebuilt from the ground up. You know, you can't. It, this isn't going to work. You know, this isn't going to work. It was fl- it was so flawed. It was and it's still and it still is. It still is very flawed as a live streaming interface. It doesn't do any of the things that you want it to do. Doesn't promote monetization. Discoverability is all over the place. Some days we're riding high and then days like today we are not discoverable at all. Relevant topic. Sony just had a showcase. Everyone's always fighting about Microsoft, Xbox, you know, Sony blah 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 not discoverable discoverability is all over the place on this platform and and that's something they got to work on you know like right now there's no way for us to say hey we're a gaming podcast like i have to pick a game do you see what i'm saying like i I don't have a choice if i don't pick a game it'll pick a game for me (laughs) like why is that a thing just create a category it isn't hard every time a new game launches you create a new category for that game Deathloop has a category, right? It does. Deathloop has a category because it's a brand new game that I can stream, you know, tomorrow. So just create a category called talk show or podcast or whatever. And then when I'm not covering a specific game, I can put myself in there. And then people looking for that could find me. People searching for things like podcast and talk show, you would feed that into the SEO algorithm and the search and how YouTube works. But we can't do that right now. That'd be one of the easiest additions that they could friggin' do. It's like, why is there no, why don't we have that option? Like, literally create it. You would, you would literally give it its own little logo like it's a game, and it would just be, you know, gaming talk show, gaming podcast. Is live streaming games on YouTube different Don't just than just regular live streams? Well, sure, when you're streaming a game, it's an easier funnel to put yourself into. Like tomorrow when I say, hey, I'm streaming Deathloop, I create a description, thumbnail, and I, and I, and I put myself in Deathloop, right? And that's so much easier to, to navigate. But when you make me put pick God of War Ragnarok, I think it confuses YouTube because they're like, but you're not playing God of War Ragnarok. There's no gameplay. You're not saying the word God of War Ragnarok a bunch. You're not saying God of War. People aren't clicking for that. They're, the, the thumbnail and the title have nothing to do with God of War Ragnarok. See what I'm saying? There's internal problems with it. Like YouTube gaming is just, it just isn't built for, it's not, it's a, it, it needs a lot more elasticity than it has, you know, right now. It's funny, streamers think that they should have access to copyright music for free. 
No, I don't think that I should have. Uh, I don't think I should have access to it for free. But I think record labels stand to gain a lot by cutting the crap and whitelisting at least portions of albums. That's all you got to do is create playlists of, you know, hey, half of every album by the Foo Fighters is now totally free and clear. Every time a new album drops, you take half the album and you say, yep, this is free and clear. Why? It's just free publicity. You got, you got Tim, you got Tim the Tapman booting up some new album from some new artist. You know, oh yeah, let's check out, let's check out Kanye guys. Yeah, half the album. We got a couple of tracks we can listen to throughout the day. Let's check it out. Why would you not do that? That's giving it to you for free? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, they are being paid in exposure. They're being paid in exposure. Do you know how much money I made showing you a trailer for an Amazon TV show or movie? I was paid to show you that. Guys, check out this trailer for this show. And they and they gave me money to do that. Hey, guys, check out this game. Hey, guys, check out this shirt. Hey, guys, check out this display. Hey, guys, check out this music. Well, now, hang on a second there. No. You need to pay us for that. Frick you. I'll play copyright free music. I don't need your music. I don't need your music. Frick you and your music. I'll just go copyright free. The industry is turning its back on copyrighted music. Why? It isn't worth the headache. And you could have... Look at what Harris Heller has done. It's like he stepped in and said, Cool, you created a vacancy. I'm going to make a ton of money off of it. You can sit up there in your high tower with all your copyright protections and all your slamming of videos because 20 seconds of a song plays. Like, I'll stream for five hours, but you get to claim every penny of the the video because some trailer had 20 seconds of your song in it. Get the frick out. Just go over there and sit in a corner. Like, the industry feeds off of prom- like promotion like that. You think companies like look at Tim the Tapman playing their game, wearing their headphones, or putting something in the background and being like, well, really, we're enhancing his stream, so he should pay us for it. Like, that's the argument that you're making, that like background music is so enhancing to the live streaming experience that I should pay the record label. Like, I should be paying Displate to have these back here. That's what you're saying. Like, that's so enhancing to my studio space. What? No! I'm promoting your product passively in the background. Does it make it look nicer? Yeah. Yeah. Would new relevant music make the stream cooler? Sure it would. Not enough for me to pay you. I'm the one sitting in the chair all day. No. No. You keep your music. You keep your music. I'll just keep running the guys that understand where things are going and then you can sit up there in your dying industry. You can just stay over there. I don't want your music. You can keep it. Do you know what would happen if you gave a big streamer like Tim permission to play an album when it was dropping? Do you have any idea what would happen if you did that? It would it would it would massively expose the album and make more people listen to it, buy it, check it out. You could do you, you could do totally integrate all of it totally integrate all of it as the music is playing you have a bot in chat that tells you the name of the song 
tells you where you can buy the album and points to merch, right? But instead, you're like, no, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna enter that landscape. The largest growing medium of entertainment engagement, and you're basically like, no, we don't want to be a part of that. We don't want to. Somebody said just this morning, somebody showcased one of their albums, and their listenership on Spotify went up by like ten thousand percent. Why would you not want that? I don't understand. You don't want that? Man, this song is dope. What is this? I literally had people bookmarking Magic Sword and buying Magic Sword merch. Why? Because we played it every day. We were allowed to over there. They were totally fine with it. They loved it. There are so many smaller artists now doing that. They're like, yep, you can play our music. Why? Because they understand. They're like, "That's that's, that's a massive funnel of exposure. You're gonna go to every streamer and try and ask for money for every song. It's not even me- it's not even mechanistically or logistically feasible. How are you gonna charge everybody money to to play your music? They're not interested in that. You're dealing with single funnel talent. They have like an editor, maybe a producer, maybe a manager, maybe an agent. But they're like, I don't want to pay you to play your music. It's not that great. It, it it's good, but it's not that great. And that's the thing, is they don't even charge you. They just take the monetization. It's not even like, hey, let's have a discussion about, like, maybe you pay a subscription fee to Spotify or Amazon Music, and it's a more expensive subscription fee, and then a portion of that goes to the labels or something. It's not even that conversation. It's, oh, no, your mu- our music was in the background. We get we get everything from the 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 video they just shut monetization off on the video is what they end up doing like no you can't monetize it boom and i get a i get an email for every song that played did radio stations pay the labels no it was the other way around pay for play was like a big problem they would pay the they would pay the record stations they'd pay them money to play the music more so they'd get more exposure because that led to more record sales. I feel like I've been sheltered from good music because of the death grip that the music industry has on platforms. Like, almost all the music I found is because it was sampled in random small videos. I just want to find good music. I just think it's it, it's it's funny to me to look at how fast the industry's changing and to be like, no, we're not going there. Record industry is generating more money year over year and it's dying? If they're generating more money year over year, I want to see the sales figures and how they're doing that. It's got to be through Spotify and how artists get like pennies per listen. It's got to be through that. It's got to be through 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 Spotify and subscriptions. Album sales and individual song sales. Maybe iTunes is like booming in the younger generation or something. The idea that they don't know how to best run the business is laughable. I think being a condescending douche is laughable. Like, you're laughing at me because I think that the industry is shifting and record labels are on their way out. Like, like, <laughs> you want to be condescending, I, I guess. I guess that makes your point stronger, except not. Like, come on, Eugene, cut the crap. I can't stand when you get like this. Don't sit and passively... I'm dying, LOL. This is laughable, LOL. Shut the frick up, LOL. It's annoying when people do that. When people are in a conversation and they end every sentence with LOL or I'm dying, it's so condescending. 
It's like, I'm so stupid that you're cracking up. Like, find a better way to communicate. It's obnoxious. It's obnoxious. When people are in an exchange of conversation and, and like discourse, and you have to end every sentence with an LOL or I'm dying or it's laughable. Like, I don't even want to talk to you when you're being that way. That's annoying. Like, go be condescending somewhere else. You're saying you know better than experts? Well, look at what happened in the industry, though. A giant vacancy opened that they could have been making money from. So just because record labels are being successful doesn't mean they didn't lose out on a lot of money that could have been made. Like, Harris Heller and other copyright-free artists are entering the industry, and they're making money in a, in a time where the record labels could have entered that industry and monetized it and made money off of it, and they didn't do it. They're ignoring one of the fastest growing mediums in existence. So you think, oh, but because they're they're being successful and making money, they're totally fine. That's not the point. The point is, is that's not adapting to the industry. If the industry is shifting and you don't shift with the industry, you're blockbuster. If you're not shifting with the industry, you're a bookstore that couldn't compete with digital versions of, of, of books. You're not adapting to the medium. If, if anybody would have thought that digital versions of books was, was if that was going to be like the, a, a groundbreaking shift and change, a lot of the companies, a lot of the publishing companies sat on the sidelines. My digital versions, ebooks, the heck is that? And here it is, a giant moneymaker in the industry. There are probably publishers that decided they didn't want to get into ebooks, they didn't want to get into e-readers, and look what happened. It became a, it's, Now, you get both. You get physical copies, or you get the e-reader copy. So, record labels looking at YouTube and Purple and saying, we don't want to be in that medium, that just feels short-sighted and stupid to me. Why would you not want to be making money in that medium somehow? All you're doing is slapping everybody's hand and being like, you don't want to work with us because we want to run everything. I don't think that works for very long. This happened to Nintendo, by the way. Nintendo was so controlling of third parties in their heyday, they suffered greatly with many of their generations of consoles. They couldn't get third party titles. Why? They ran them off. They were too controlling. Analogous to the record label situation. Record labels are being too controlling. They don't want to work with the new medium. They don't want to work with YouTube or Purple or whatever. Guess what's going to happen? Eventually, the tide will turn. You'll have entire generations of people that are like, I don't listen. Who's that? No, I watch YouTube and Purple all day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't don't, don't hear any of that music. No. Like, they're... Gary Vee is so big on this. Attention is the currency. Like, that's what you're trying to get people to spend right now, is attention. And millions of hours of attention are spent on platforms where that music is unwelcome. That can't be healthy for your industry long term. It can't be. It just it, it just can't be. Alright, see you, Wartooth. Radio stations and broadcast companies felt they knew how to run the industry before satellite radio and that no one would go to a paid service when the radio is free. Right, that's what I mean, like, if I overstated my case and said, like, the record industry is dying, I have a hard time believing they're making more money than they ever did. If they're making more money than they ever did, it's gotta be because of the ease of accessibility. 
like many more people can give them money than before it was harder to give them money you had to go to the store you had to buy the physical disc and then you'd go home and like that was harder for people to do now it's like anybody can have a spotify subscription just open up your phone make an account give them money like if their reach has mushroomed that may be actually masking that they're actually not evolving does that make sense like it's masking the fact that they're behind they're just behind they're not evolving they're not moving forward with how how things are changing but because they have such a larger reach it seems like well they're making tons of money why would they need to adapt in 10 years that they might need they not they might not be saying the same thing adapt or die is how this industry works it's how technology works adapt or die they're not adapting I don't see how they stay relevant then is as generational engagement shifts platforms just die industries just fall to pieces because nobody wants it anymore like how many companies that make wristwatches all of a sudden we're like we can't make ends meet like we'll go like with Facebook you gotta wonder like when's that bottom gonna fall out to where too many people have moved away from the platform MySpace too many people move away from the platform it doesn't become sustainable so what year will like a little over half was from streaming see that 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 makes sense with my prediction their reach it's so much easier now so you know, over half. So let's just say 55% is from streaming. Don't you understand? <laughs> you're look how much you're making from streaming. Why wouldn't you want to integrate into streaming platforms where people could say, yeah, here's all the places you can listen. And then way more people are like, I guess I need to go to subscribe to a streaming service because this album's hot, right? And last year we had no concerts. Well, yeah, that probably funneled more to them because usually the concerts make the band makes all their concerts from the bands make most of their money from merches and and from concerts. So that doesn't the lack of concerts doesn't do much. The label the labels usually make way more on the album sales. The the the, the, the bands traditionally make more when they're touring. I, 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 that doesn't make any sense to me. You made, again, let's just say 55% of their revenue and profit came from their streaming deals with all these different places that do streaming music. Why would you not directly integrate into like YouTube to where I'm free and clear to play your music? I just got to run a little bot that tells people what the songs are and there's like a link tree of where it can be listened to. Like, create an infrastructure for your label that says, blink. Oh man, that Foo Fighters song was dope. And it's like, it's underneath. Like, let's say I do a 10 minute video and I use two or three songs. Okay. And then a bot auto generates links in the description. The bot hears the music. And instead of flagging the video, it says, bloop, bloop, bloop. It edits my description and says, here's the link tree of where you can listen to those songs. You are talking about like, they make so much more money you went to dying I can't see the industry thriving if they continue the way that they're going eventually more people in a given day will be listening to podcasts or 
Well, podcasts might actually help the labels because podcasts are going to keep people on places like Spotify. It's possible. It's possible. The growth of podcasts could be greatly helping in this regard, right? Podcasts have exploded in the last two years, and that might be keeping people on a platform like Spotify where ordinarily they'd be like, I'm not really using this like I used to. I'm going to cancel my subscription. Podcasts could be massively helping. I think you said the music industry was dying. I think you said record labels were dying. Yeah, you got to think that some of these labels, like, I just, I don't, they can't all be surviving these industry shifts. Some of them, sure, but maybe one's gobbling them all up. I don't know. Unless, again, too, you got to think globally. You got to think globally. Maybe they're crushing in certain markets because, like, you know, with the explosion of K pop, like, are, are they making just billions in certain markets because well that's the only place you can go listen to it you know what I'm saying nothing will stop people making music yeah I like maybe I got hyperbolic in my mind five or ten years goes by and if they continue if the record industry continues to engage with live streaming like YouTube and purple in the way that they're engaging with it now, I can't see that being a good return for them. Because eventually, there are the, 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 the tide just shifts. Like people are like, yeah, I mean, I listen to YouTube and uh, and podcasts all day, and there are plenty of free places to consume podcasts. You know, I don't need to subscribe to a spot to Spotify to listen to spot to listen to a podcast. But if the podcast can play music in the background and passively promote new albums, new singles, new 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 bands, new whatever, and every YouTuber's doing the same thing, right? Like if you like like I said, if you do that auto-generated thing where instead of slapping my hand for playing the music, why don't the why don't you have the bot auto-generate a bunch of dis- a bunch of things in the description that says, "Here's where all these songs can be listened to." Now, take that and multiply that by the thousands of content creators and the billions of hours of content that's consumed. How does that not generate more money from you as opposed to what you're currently doing? Like, uh, uh, you laugh at getting paid in promotion, but it works. That's why people pay streamers to promote the product because there's an ROI on it. People like, I like this guy. He's wearing those headphones, glasses, that t-shirt, whatever. I'm going to buy one too. I like this guy. This music in the background is dope. And then they check it out. They click the link. It's like it's, It would literally look like a link tree. It'd be like Foo Fighters, you know, My Hero. And it would have all of the platforms that that's available on. The label would, the label would create that. Like you create an entire database that would just basically get pinged. Like as soon as the bot generates that link... It just puts it in the description, and anybody that clicks on that link is like, well, here's all the places you can listen to it. You know what I mean? You can be making YouTube money by promoting your podcast and then using to upsell YouTube music for your audience. Yeah, maybe. Spotify pays .004 per stream on average. It would take... 100,000 people in a streamer stream to play the song for the record label to make $400. Okay, but 
you have to think monthly and annually how many people would do that and how that just starts to add up. You're, you're talking about millions of people in an hour considering and maybe clicking on and maybe going and listening. Like, I, I, I just don't understand. Like, what? They're not. Lo- You'd have to make the argument that the money they make from that exposure is less than what they would make without it. Like, if they refused to engage with this medium of live streaming right and you'd have to be able to prove that they make more money by doing that i think you'd have a really hard time arguing that like like all of a sudden if you if like let's imagine right now i could play whatever i wanted would you suddenly cancel all any of your music subscriptions that you have no because i'm talking over the music you wouldn't be like well i don't need spotify anymore lono can play the foo fighters you wouldn't do that. It's not a. Th- I don't think it's a threat. It's not a threat to album purchases, concert tickets. When those start to get on, you know, go on sale again, I think a lot of these people need to look into like live concerts, like on YouTube and stuff, sell tickets, stuff like that. Ticketed ticketed events that are streamed. Um, you, you're not gonna cancel your subscription to Spotify because suddenly I can play music. I'm not a substitute. Do you see? It's not a threat. That's why I'm like. Why are you not entering this landscape and just making money from it? I don't understand why you wouldn't be doing this. You'd have to have stipulations. You'd probably just have to make it all automated because you couldn't trust the content creators to do the due diligence. Like, I'm not going to go back and be like, well, here's all the music that I played. No, I'm not going to do that. You're advocating for tools that help little players. Big boys benefit from the current setup. They don't need you to pay them an exposure. I never said they need. That's not what I said. Companies that size are always looking for ways to maximize profits, aren't they? So if you're looking at an industry that could generate X number of billions of, 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 of hours of exposure and then conversely X number of millions of dollars in conversions, that's just more money. Like, they're trying to maximize profits and they're ignoring an industry that could literally add to their profit, add to their bottom line. I'm not saying they need. Now, long term, they might they might regret it. They might, in five or ten years, say, the, these, these platforms are so large, they're cannibalizing listenership. People are listening less. People are listening less. They're, they're you know, they're, they're, the generations that are growing up are, they're spending more time on YouTube. They're spending more time on Purple. They're not listening to music like they used to. We're not, we need to get in front of that audience. They're not, they, they don't, they don't have any idea that we just dropped a new album. Like these people over here do great. We have existing customers. Awesome. What about the new customers? What about the next generation? The next generation, how are they going to think about music? How, how are my nephews going to consume music? How? Like, they, they literally live in video games and on YouTube channels. That's what they do. That's what they consume, right? They don't, they don't go and, like, look for albums. They don't go to, like, a music store like I did. You know, I'd go to a music store and, like, look for new bands and stuff. There's no way some of these record labels haven't run the numbers on this idea and haven't figured out that it's not worth it. It, it could be that, but, I mean, D-Max Speeds, it also could be that there there's too many old heads right there's too many old heads that don't see how things are going that's also a possibility
My nephew's three, and he asked the Alexa to play the music for him. That is true. That's becoming a big thing, and that's you know that's why Amazon and record labels are probably very very happy with that because my kids do the same thing. In their mind, that's how they that's how they consume music. But you understand, it doesn't promote music to them. How do you discover new music? They ask for certain songs. Does that make sense? I gotta take a quick break. I'll be right back. I waited way too long. Good discussion. I'll be right back. If I hear a good song on a stream, I'm definitely not going to be satisfied just listening to it there. I'll go to YouTube Music, save to listen for later. Oh. (sighs) I don't listen to the radio. Next Generation Music always sucks. I, it is weird how that always happens. Like, everybody thinks their generations of music is the best. 
Music Industry's recent innovation was allowing streaming services like Pandora and Spotify. They're doing really well. Music for content creators is probably peanuts to them. Right, but to me, it's it's not about like we're making a ton of money. Why make more? That's that's never the attitude of a corporation. We already make a ton of money. We don't want to make any more. Said not a single corporation in the existence of any any time ever. Like like. Again, someone's like, well, they probably ran the numbers and there's no way they can make any money from it. And it's like, well, I don't know. Generations don't matter. Longevity matters. If it's hung around, it's good. If it comes and goes, it's throwaway. It's not that new music sucks, it's that new music has to compete with 40 years of good music you've already heard. When you're 16, new music is competing with only 10. It, yeah, it could be that. Like, the cream rises to the, cr- the to the top, so like, I'm 39, I've heard Led Zeppelin, I've heard the Foo Fighters, the Beatles, the Who, I've heard Pearl Jam, like, all these bands that rose to the top and you, it is subjective, but at the same time, even in the realm of like r- r- rock and roll, it's like there. I've heard so much good rock and roll. You're gonna have a really hard time, like blowing my socks off, because I've, I've I've heard the greats. Every generation thinks their music is great. Then some newfangled artist comes out with a bop and everyone gets into it. I mean, yeah, that can't happen. I still hear new music and enjoy it. I do. I, I hear new music and enjoy it. Um, but I think it's just, it's the hardest part is discovering it. It's so hard to find new music. You have to like make time for it. You know? That's the biggest, that's my biggest challenge is like making time to discover new music. Like, I like, um, Need to Breathe and they released a new album. 
I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't get notified. I listened to their stuff. I've listened to them a lot on Spotify, and for whatever reason, you would think Spotify would have notified me. Like, hey, they didn't. Now, maybe I need to go and, like, curate my own personalized settings so that they do that. Or maybe I need to follow the artist, right? So I went to I went to go to listen to Need to Breathe because I wanted to listen to their album from last year, and there was another new album out. And I was like, no way. So I listened to it. And the only time I have time for it is when I'm driving. I don't have time for it any other way. I don't. I think that's one of the biggest challenges. Like, I feel like when I was a kid, that's all I ever did. Like, if I had free time, I was listening to music, you know? And that's how I discovered so many great, you know, so many great artists. Because it was like, I just throw the radio on while I'm doing homework or whatever. I also need to get the next thing scheduled. So, video game voting has now been, it's put in the Discord, but it is also put in as a, as a tier 2 post and above, and a lot of you guys voted in that way, and we appreciate that. Obviously, we don't want you to double dip. So, you guys can let us know, like, what you thought of that, how did that feel, was it easier, what, did you prefer that over the Discord? We, I had to basically look at both. I had to kind of combine and like snapshot and like, okay, you know, Tales of Arise won, and then tomorrow we'll be doing Deathloop. So I'll just record whatever won. That's going to be kind of our our go, our go to. Um, is if um if it wins, but there's a big title that day, I'll just record it instead of playing it live. So I think Godfall won for tomorrow. So I'll just record a 30 of that. Just so people can see, like, what's the first 30 minutes of that game look like now, you know? There have been updates, there have been changes, you know, is it any good? You voted in both places? Okay. It's not that democratic. Like, if somebody double dips, I'm not going to lose my... I'm not going to get angry. Like, it's just a thing. You know what I mean? There aren't that many tier twos that are active in the Discord as well as voting on that. On that. You know what I mean?
I used to make time to listen to a streaming service's new release playlist, and now I listen to you. Wouldn't it be great if you could showcase those new songs? I don't even think I'm entitled to play the music. For me, it's just an easy decision. Right? For me, it's just an easy decision. It's like... I work incredibly hard to put on a show and to do all this stuff, and I'll cover a live event, and literally some trailer will have like 30 seconds of a song, and then you know that live event coverage could have great viewership for me. Tons... And then now I got to go back and mute that portion or, or I'm not allowed to monetize. Like, it's ridiculous. It's a very simple decision. It's like, you're abusing your power here. You don't, you, you don't have a right to do that. You, now, if I sat here and played your entire album, sure. Played an entire song beginning to end and didn't say anything and let you listen to it into its entirety. Sure, I'm definitely going way over the line. But like covering a live event and the video game trailer has it in there like and then the bot picks it up and it's like yeah you can't monetize this video like that's ridiculous yeah magic swords in Ragnarok that's how they got their big break they were already fairly popular but they got a lot they got a lot of attention because of that that's completely different than playing their music as a value point of your broadcast yeah, but eventually you have to see that the value point isn't worth what I sacrifice, right? Like, if I wanted to hang these up back here because I thought they were dope and they look nice, and maybe I wasn't even in a deal with Displate, and Displate came to me and was like, no, you need to pay us money if you're going to do that. I'd be like, no. I'll, I'll cut out green poster board and put it back there, and I'll just green screen artwork back there. Do you see the problem? It gets to the point where it's like, the the value isn't great enough for what I lose. I'm, you're, you're literally taking money from me. It just isn't worth it. it it's Unless you were like, I'm going to do a music breakdown discussion, and like that was your big thing, like you were a professor of music or something. Well, then the, then the, the, the content needs the music. It's just such a tenuous value point. It's like this background music. It's back there, you know? Apple Music suggested a little band with two young sisters from Canada or something. Um, it tickle every nerve cell in my brain. They make mu- they make the music I would make. I don't get it at all, but I love it. Yeah. I- 
we got these pickles and they've been so inconsistent. Like sometimes they crunch really great and sometimes I'm like, it's so difficult. It's like you're chewing through leather. You're loving Tales from Arise, or Tales of Arise. Is it like really traditional JRPG? Am I gonna feel? Am I gonna feel slightly out of my element? hate it Very JRPG. Okay. <laughs> I mistakenly put it on English. I should have left it on Japanese voice actors. call in so I can call in and yell at Eugene <laughs> no no a couple of you guys have done that recently that, that makes my hackles raise like you're laughing at me like can you believe how dumb this guy is oh. The U.S. voice acting is decent? Okay.
<clears throat> the Foo Fighters, Queens of Stone Age tools are examples of technically exemplary musicians. Like, I think I understand what Eugene, what, what, what Eugene is saying. Eugene isn't saying that, like, if it's technically good, <coughs> that, like, that's what makes it good. He's saying that's what makes it endure. Like, you could, for a time, be really popular because you're this technically busted, very dissonant, odd, you know, peculiar, peculiar genre, right? And it won't endure. It would pop up, it could become popular, it could go viral for being bad. Like, as an example, the guy on American Idol that was like, she bangs, she bang. That guy, there's no technical excellence there. He's not going to endure. He's talking about longevity. In like 15 years, no one's going to be listening to that guy's albums. Because it's not good enough, technically, to endure generational shifts in taste. Like, Led Zeppelin didn't sound like anything I was listening to in high school, but because it's technically incredible, it endures. And I can hear it, and I'm like, this is great. Right? Then it's just a matter of your preference finding... You know, you listen to, like, old-school hip-hop. A lot of people would say, I don't like it. It's such a different style. It's such a different approach to rap and hip-hop. And yet, if it's technically sound, it endures. And somebody somewhere is going to be like, yo, I can tell this is from the old school, but this is really good. Why? Well, it's technically sound. It endures because it's not some offshoot, dissonant, weird thing that, like, people thought was cool because it was different, you know? There, were, there was a really interesting discussion in one of the comedians in Cars Getting Coffee about how comedy doesn't change. You can throw on an old Jerry Lewis movie. Still funny. Still funny. Now, it depends on your taste. You might think, no, it's not that funny. But they were saying that basically comedy doesn't change. What was funny back then is still funny today. You watch it and you think, oh, this is very, very funny. Now, it might not land on you, like what we were talking about earlier, right, with with Naked Gun and Airplane and all those movies. You might, you might not like it, but it still retains it, the fact that it's funny, right? Now, romance movies, action movies, dramas, or whatever, the method in storytelling is so different now. You might watch an old movie that's dramatic and and be like this doesn't have any gravity or weight to it it's not it doesn't it doesn't communicate in the way that we watch movies now right you might be able to look at it and be like well technically it's good for the time but movies have changed and sitcoms have changed all that's changed over time comedy doesn't change but people's opinions on comedy has by extension wouldn't comedy have changed no, I think their point was if something was funny 50 years ago, it's still funny. When you watch an old drama and you're like, man, 50 years ago, this was dramatic. This was groundbreaking. This was so intense. And you watch it now, you wouldn't think that. Because the, the, the drama, depending on how it was filmed, now some really old movies do an excellent job with this. Like, this is something, this is why some of the geniuses, their stuff is still watched, consumed, and praised, like Hitchcock. Like, 
Alfred Hitchcock knew how to create tension and fear and and create drama even with their limited technology and even like limited space like they'll film an th- they have some of those movies they filmed an entire movie on one set the one um, with James Stewart and a rope or something I think it might even be called the rope like that that really limited what they could do and yet you know he brilliantly crafted a very tense very good story but a lot of the movies back then they don't transcend to today but you can watch like a Charlie Chaplin or you can watch like, you know, um, even like old Mel Brooks movies. If I don't like them, I still know that like the humor is still there. It's still funny. You know, it, it, it gets to transcend when in other and other things don't get to transcend like that. You know what I mean? Because because like drama and action are are filmed and communicated in such a different way now. And humor has changed like comedy has changed. But it doesn't mean like old comedy is not funny. You go back and watch like Richard Pryor, you're gonna laugh, same as you would laugh at Chappelle. Like they're fun. It's it's funny. It's funny stuff. If people now are saying it's not funny anymore, is it still funny? It feels like comedy is defined by the audience uh, that defines funny. Well, yeah, the audience gets to praise it. Like the audience is the true judge. They're the purest judge. They're either going to laugh or they're not going to laugh, right? And depending on where you go, you know, because he 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 um, he he interviewed a guy from he was a, he was a French comedian, and he he kills in France, but his stuff wouldn't make any sense to us because it's culturally derived. Culturally derived humor is different. There's, there's going to be things that he points out and jokes and tendencies that they have where he lives that we're not even going to be able to touch down on. We're not going to understand why, why is that funny, right? How many composers from 200 years ago that we never know about? Why? Their music didn't have longevity. Well, or they just didn't get the prestige and the praise. You know. I don't know. I don't know if that's I don't know if the single defining thing is like if it's technically good a lot of it does have to do with like the renown that some people earn in addition to then their technical prowess like like these days going viral isn't enough to endure you could go viral because you sing really bad on American Idol but the prestige has to be dovetailed with the technical the technical prowess the skill and the talent just being really popular isn't enough and you have to have both so there could have been guys back then that I think were technically savvy and gifted but they didn't get the renown and the prowess so we have no idea we, we, we never heard of them so many good indie artists go unnoticed hmm I don't know I don't think some things in humor age well No, 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 not all... Th- well, I'd have to go back and listen to what they were saying. I think what they were saying was, if it was funny back then, it's still funny now. Even if you don't think it's funny, it's objectively funny. The subjectivity of the reception of it doesn't dictate whether or not it's funny. I don't like space balls. That doesn't mean it's not funny. Does that make sense? 
it's at, at, a, at a certain level, the way that it's been crafted, the way that it's been built, it is objectively funny. It, it, it will continue to be funny, even if the further you get from those original Star Wars movies, the less people care about it. Why? Well, because it, it's... it's uh, can't stand games that do this they, they don't let you get into the options on the menu you have to load up the game before you can get into the options i freaking hate that comedy is subjective it it is but at the same time at an objective level you could say it is funny there is something funny about it even if you don't find it funny how can a joke be objectively funny because of the way that it's crafted and written a guy can write a joke about a cultural thing in France and he crafts it, he observes it, he writes it. It's funny. It's technically funny the way that it's crafted. There is humor in there. The perception of how funny it is is dependent upon, yes, the audience. There's a subjective nature to it. But if we analyzed it and thought, I don't think it's very funny. That doesn't remove the objective nature to the fact that there is humor to it. Like the way that a joke is crafted, the way that they the way that they go about it, you could say it's objectively funny, but the crowd's not getting it. The crowd not getting it doesn't make it unfunny. So, like, if you took a a, a French stand-up comedian and you interpreted all his jokes into English and you read them, you'd be like, it isn't funny. But your lack of, your subjective response, I don't think removes the objective humor in in the content. So, me not finding Spaceballs funny doesn't mean there isn't something objectively funny about it. The way it's made and structured, the way they go about setting up the scenes, the characters, and the dialogue, there's some there's some level of objective humor there. The degree to which you find it funny, I think, is subjective. It's like spicy food. There is spicy food that is objectively spicy, and the degree to which I think it's spicy depends on my palate. You bite into it, you think, that's not spicy at all. Why? Maybe you're really, really used to spicy food, and I'm not. It's objectively spicy whether or not your consumption of it lowers the degree to which it's felt. So our consumption of stand-up comedy or a comedy movie, it lands on you differently because of your cultural background, things you've grown up with, things that you, you know, comedians maybe that you've watched. It's objectively funny, and yet, your subjective response does not take that away. It's it's all in the reception of it. So I, I do. I think you can even. I think you can look at really old movies. You can look at stand up. You can look at even a movie like Spaceballs, and you could break it down. There's a science to it. There's a science to humor, and you could say this is objectively funny. And yet, if you showed Spaceballs to a group of people who were completely disconnected from Star Wars they grew up in a culture maybe and had no idea what it was 
the degree to which they find it funny would be completely lessened, diluted, and neutered. And that doesn't take away from the objective humor in the movie. So you could say that music and paintings and all this stuff, there is an objective level of beauty to it. If you craft a really great sonnet or paint a really great picture and it at an objective level, it can be broken down and measured and analyzed for for balance and harmony and melody. And you could say, at an objective level, there's beauty here. The subjective response to the beauty doesn't take away from the objective fact that, like, no, there's actual beauty in the music. There is beauty in in Beethoven's Fifth, Sym- Fifth Symphony. Even if you listen to it and you're like, I just, I think it's boring. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's harsh sounding and ugly you may look at Picasso's paintings and think the same thing I think at an objective level there's beauty there Van Gogh his work was considered bad and unprofitable back when he was alive yeah I agree to a point but I think you need to define the comedic objectivity there's no agreed measure of comedy unlike the Scoville, the Scoville scale. Um, yeah, no, you'd have to, you'd have to have people more educated than me break that down. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not like a well-educated comedian. I couldn't tell you. I know there's a science to crafting a joke. I know there's a science to the observation and how deep down they'll drill it. So like something that I noticed that like Brian Regan did in the few epi- in the two episodes that he was on is he takes something that is awkward or unusual and he puts it in other instances and he tries to imagine how humorous it would be the example I'll give you is jiggling the handle you know that's kind of that awkward conversation you have to have with a guest if you're going to use that bathroom you got to jiggle the handle and he takes that that awkwardness and he shoves it into different scenarios to see where would this be the funniest and he envisioned like you know you you, you have to tell the queen of England you know your majesty if you're going to go use that restroom you got to jiggle the handle and it's funny why because there's an art to doing that right taking something that is intrinsically sort of awkward and uncomfortable and putting it into unusual or extreme circumstances to just see the humor in it like this would be funny that you would have to say that you know you won some prize you know the queen of england comes to your home it's completely out of it's it's completely out of left field no one would think of that only a comedian would do that with life like this is something that happens in life let me dig down and look at this from every certain every observational angle that could possibly be looked at and find the funny in it and find the humor in it No art is objectively good. Well, I said beauty. I didn't say good. See, good and bad are terms that we use as subjective responses to something. I thought the food was bad. I thought the food was good. Right? I thought that song was good. I thought that song was bad. There's an objective level, I think, of beauty to the music. The rules of harmony and sound and you know avoiding things that are dissonant or off key abiding by those rules and creating something 
I think there's objective beauty there. There's objective beauty in a well-crafted painting. Your subjective response to it does not take away from the objective beauty. No one's objectively beautiful. I completely disagree. I think the human form and what we are as beings, there is a level of objective beauty to every human. The, their, the, the, the function of the body, what we're able to do. I believe that every human, there is an objective layer of beauty there that cannot be denied or diminished simply because you don't think that person is pretty. Your subjective response to a person's bone structure, skin tone, eye color, hairstyle, your subjective response and think they're ugly, they're hot, whatever, whatever terms you use, none of that takes away from the objective beauty of the person. It's simply there. It is, it is a fact. You look, you just look at the human form and you say, there's beauty there. In our culture, beauty standards are different. Beauty standards are an external materialistic judgment. They're not an in- they're not an innate thing. Your decision about a long skirt or a short skirt or 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 what what do they call it? Corsets or no corsets, cleavage or no cleavage, long necks, no necks, skinny necks, like whatever. Those are just completely made up standards that are external to the person and materialistically driven. There is, when you look at the form of a person, the form of a human, there's objective beauty there. There is harmony. There is all things working together for one per- Like, it's all put together in such a way that's like, this is beauty right here. That because beauty has to be defined as not something that is a subjective judgment of someone's appearance that's not how you would define beauty I don't think the philosophy of beauty like innate beauty in music and in human form in nature it's objectively beautiful to look at the Grand Canyon your subjective response to it, I'm like, well, that's boring, it's bland, I don't like the colors. No. There's objective, undeniable beauty there. Sunset, sunrise, you know, outer space pictures of all these things that we couldn't even see 50 years ago, right? It, you know, it, there's objective beauty there, I think. That gets deep because then you have to think through like philosophically, why do we even have the capacity to understand and and label things as beautiful? Like why do we even think in those terms? Why do we why do we have that sense of, you know, looking at things that are external to us and deciding whether or not they are worthy of, you know, admiration and praise or or denigration and insult. Hate to break it to the parents, but your kids' watercolor paintings are objectively crap. I, I think... No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think when a child creates something, like when my daughter colors a picture, I think there's objective... There is objective, undeniable beauty in it. There is. I think it's undeniable. This young person, this young mind just took 
desperate elements and brought order to chaos to create something that wasn't there previously and I think there's something objectively beautiful about that would it hang you know in a downtown museum would it go for lots of money well no it's 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 just a mess of crayons it's a horse with with stick legs right but but I think there's objective beauty in it I think appreciating that and seeing that is at another level. You're operating at a more philosophical level than a subjective value judgment like materialistic level. You're not saying you know, when I say that Beethoven's Fifth Symphony is objectively beautiful and so is my daughter's watercolor I'm making a philosophical judgment I'm not making a material subjective judgment There's, I think it's different It's cute and endearing and whatnot, but it's not good. Good is also subjective to the time. You can have a child that draws a picture and for where they are, like developmentally, you would say, this is very good in that context. Right? In that context, like... You would not tell a kid that they're not fast simply because they're not as fast as an Olympian. You could have a five-year-old that is absolutely dusting everyone in their age bracket. And you would say, they are incredibly fast, dot, 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 for their age. This is incredibly good, dot, 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 for their age. Like, developmentally, where they are, children can express, like, artistically and physically, athletically. Uh, you You would say, this is great dot 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 for the context we do that with movies right we go back and watch old Terminator or Aliens movies and we're like these are great dot 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 for the time you know now Cameron stuff tends to stand up pretty resiliently to the test of time they're they're still they they actually still look pretty good like that's what it kind of looks like now right Yeah, but we do that with a lot of things we would say well for the time where things were you know I'm digging the conversation. I'm all for the idea of underlying beauty. I think it's really difficult to establish like human dignity and value if you don't have that. If there's not something external to the person claiming there is innate beauty here. You cannot simply you you cannot hurt or harm or destroy this thing. It's beautiful. You know? You're not going to let them build a shopping mall in the Grand Canyon. You're not going to let them do it. Why? What are you kidding me? This is so objectively, undeniably beautiful. We're not going to let you come in and mess with this, right? You defend it. You say, no, we're not going to let you tear down this person's painting or sculpture. The beauty is too strong. It's innate. It's undeniable. It's objective. It's almost unspoken. People just are like, yeah, what are you you talking about? When you think about like human dignity and value and why we think the way we do about humans and why we think people should be treated the way that they're treated... You, you have to be able to say there's something objective about a human regardless of the subjectiveness of like what you think is beautiful or not you look at celebrities and do that right like oh yeah that person's hot this person's not hot there's a whole office episode about that they debate whether or not someone is hot they have a whole debate I think those are completely different discussions so when you start talking about music and you start talking about like I actually think 
unless the music is intentionally dissonant and bad technically like they break all the rules of harmony and melody and timing and rhythm and tempo all music has an objective beauty to it because all music is an expression of human creativity ingenuity harmony like you know There's a science to art that has endured the test of time. Yeah. We got we got we got we got into deep sledding at the end of the stream. <laughs> we do this all the time. Sounds like objective is the subjective opinion of the masses. No. No. I believe there are objective realities and objective truths. I don't I don't think everything is subjective. If everything is subjective, then nothing is reliable. Nothing is true if everything is subjective. If nothing if nothing is objective, then then you you, you can't rely on anything. Nothing nothing is then in intrinsically or inherently true. <laughs> yeah, this rabbit hole. Why'd you say rat hole? Rabbit hole. Why would you say rat hole? <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> we really went down the rat hole. Isn't it rabbit hole? <laughs> no, I say rat hole. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go there. <laughs> rabbit hole sounds charming. Rat hole sounds terrible. Rat hole sounds like how you would describe like a really bad bar. That place is a total rat hole. <laughs> I'm talking about in terms of art or beauty. I think in the terms of art or beauty, Robert, before you can even get to a place where you discuss whether or not a person is pretty, beautiful, or whatever, before you even get there, I think you have to establish the fact that there's objective beauty in existence that is there before you make your value judgment. I think the woman that you say is or isn't pretty, I think she's objectively beautiful before you get to the judgment. Right? She, she was beautiful before you made up your mind about it. I, 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 because of the fact that she has the human form, I think, is inherently on its own beautiful you could study it as a scientist you could study it as a doctor you could study it as a as a machinist you could say there's multiple ways to establish that the human form is beautiful before you ever set eyes on her and then all sorts of other things go into whether or not you think they're beautiful symmetry of their face bone structure your cultural upbringing what the culture at the time says is beautiful all those things are weighing in on your brain and you look at them and go hot or not That's human value, not beauty. It, they're synonymous in my mind. When I say that the human form or that person is beautiful before you set eyes on them, I'm making a philosophical statement. I'm not speaking to her appearance. It's so much deeper than that. I'm not speaking to her appearance. I'm not speaking to the way Beethoven's Fifth Symphony sounds. I'm saying philosophically, the construction of it, the melody, the harmony, it is objectively beautiful. Before you even hear it, it is. It's too deep of a subject to do at the end of a stream like this. (laughs) 
Why objectively, though? Why not say that personally you find the human form to be beautiful? Because I think it's objectively true. I think it's something that is true. It cannot be denied. It cannot be falsified. I don't think you can falsify it. It's objectively true. And there would be multiple ways to try to prove it. Again, you could look at it in multiple different ways. Oh, I like how he called Hilly Hillary. Hilly said Jillian Anderson, 10 out of 10. Sinos says, Hillary, you have excellent taste. <laughs> Hilly's new nickname is Hillary. That's great. No, I've not talked about the Epic Apple lawsuit. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. Are you saying that you think it's beautiful? Make it subjective. No, there are value. There are there are value and objective claims you can make that aren't subjective to to the person making them. It simply is. It simply is. It's just it, it is an objectively observable truth. There's a tree in my front yard. You can be like, well, you think there's a tree? No, there's a tree in my front yard. It's objectively there. I can prove it in through a variety of ways. The human form is beautiful. I can prove that in a variety of ways. It's not my opinion. I believe it can be proven. You could reason it out. I think you could. I think you could. You could prove that it's simply true. Because if you, again, you're looking at the human form. You're looking at the human. You're not looking at an individual person. You're not. That's the difference. It's like a philosophical statement. It's like you're zoomed all the way out on it. You're like, no, the, the, the human form, the human shape, there are ways to prove that it's objectively beautiful. There are ways to do it. You can find beauty in almost anything that you seek is what you're saying. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying before we show up, and judge whether or not the Grand Canyon is beautiful or a person is beautiful or a, a, a symphony is beautiful, I believe there's objective beauty there before you get there. You haven't laid eyes on the person yet. Doesn't doesn't matter. There's already objective beauty in the human form. Cannot equate... I can't argue your philosophy of equating value to beauty... I believe they're all wrapped up and almost virtually synonymous. Human value, dignity, and beauty are, are all so closely related. I believe they all are locked arm in arm. I believe they're locked arm in arm. You say value, I say beauty. You say human dignity, I, I, you know, we're, we're, we're saying, I think they all are derived from the same mindset. We, we would say the same thing about nature or animals or the, the ecosystem. Like you go into an ecosystem and you don't just destroy what we, we do, but we, we, we're, we're, we're now saying we shouldn't be doing that, right? Because people are becoming aware of the fact that like we're, we're, we're hurting ecosystems and we're running you know animal life off the planet, you know what I mean? That's a different conversation of whether art is objectively good. Yes, because as soon as you go to that landscape, Robert, I think you're having a different conversation. As soon as you say whether or not you think a Picasso or a Van Gogh is good, you've you're now you're now off of a foundational discussion. You're having a subjective perception discussion. I'm talking about before you get there. There's a foundational truth 
that that artwork, there's objective beauty there first, and then you can go judge whether or not you think it's good. And you are well within your right to say, I don't think it's very good. I wouldn't hang it out in my house. It's friggin' ugly. And you keep on walking. Can a thing be beautiful but not objectively pleasing? Yeah, there would be... You could you could consider there's mechanistic beauty to... There's like sicknesses that are that are so sophisticated and and insanely complex. You could say at a mechanical level there's beauty there, but it's not a pleasing at all. It's destructive and horrible. Fire a, a fire can be objectively beautiful and helpful and meaningful, but it can also burn a house down. You just described my wife. <laughs> okay, all right. And on that note, <laughs> and on that note, we're going to go play Tales of Arise. This was one that was uh, voted on by the community uh, for video game voting. If you're a tier two member or above, you can vote in the Discord, or, or we have a uh, tier two members post that you can see. Um, we will be, we will be live directing you over to it. It'll be like a redirect. If the redirect doesn't work, I will put a link in chat. I will also, uh, feature the video, right? Fe- I-, I will feature the video on the channel. So you- you'll be able to see it. It'll be there. Um, and so sometimes you might need to like go back and, uh, like refresh the main page or whatever. So good discussions today. Great time. Uh, we, I don't, I don't really know. Tomorrow we will be playing Deathloop, and then I don't know what the conversations will be. But this is what we're switching to right now: Tales of Arise. So again, if you're not interested in this game and you come hang out for twenty or thirty minutes, that's super helpful to me. Um, I know the talk show ending for some of you is like the end of the day, but if you ride the redirect and come hang out or click the link in chat and come hang out, that's super, super helpful. All right. So I'll see you over there for the next stream.